Hello and welcome to the Penrith Sports Stadium where tonight we see the WNBL Defence Jobs Grand Final between the Sydney Uni Flames and the Canberra Transact Capitals. It is, uh, well, a Grand Final first versus second. Michelle Hocking and Craig Revelle to call the action and Michelle, this is, uh, well, what you like to see. The top two sides fighting their way through the finals to get to Grand Final Day. Absolutely, and it's been a really interesting playoff series, and I think that today's game is just going to be a... I mean, you know, you expect your grand final to be the best game of the year, but I think today there's a lot on the line for both teams. Sydney want revenge for last year. They didn't make the playoffs last year, so they're really keen to redeem themselves, if you like, and the Caps are so keen to go back-to-back, as well as, you know, everyone wrote them off, no Lauren Jackson, no Canberra Capitals, so um, there's a lot at stake tonight, this afternoon, and I think it's going to be a fantastic game. It is going to be a very interesting game with Trish Fallon, one of the, uh, well, the grand opals, as it were, (laughs) that you would uh, find certainly a gem in anyone's basketball pack. She has made the announcement early that she is not coming out of retirement next year. <laughs> and, uh, well, she has a lot of determin- in her eye- determination in her eyes when she goes about her work on the basketball courts. When I've been talking to her about, is this really the last retirement, she has got that same determination that I'm not coming back. Yeah, and I think Trish has made the decision it's time. Um, she's really ready to retire, and she has just been a complete... Um, ambassador for this game in this country. She's played internationally, she's played in the Spanish League, she's played in one of the European leagues, she's represented Australia at senior and junior levels. Um, she's been playing in the National, Women's National League here for, for years now and look, she is just, an, she could probably play another three or four seasons if she really wanted to, but you know, she's ready and, and that's great. Um, but she's been a fantastic ambassador for women's sport generally in this country, but particularly for women's basketball. A moment to reflect on one Kristen Veal. Two hours before the game, we were here setting up and Kristen made her way onto the court to start her warm-up process. She was a capital, had won two championships on the floor, one she called with us from the bench, and it, oh well, and of course, won one in Adelaide for the Capitals as well. So a three-time championship player with the uh, Canberra Transit, is that right? No, two-time Canberra Transit Capital player, one time with the AIS, and of course had to sit on the bench and call one for us at Triple SFM when we uh, had the honour of doing those games. With sportradio.com.au now, we're happy to see Kristen out there, but I think everyone who goes for the Transact Capitals wanted to be in the, uh, well, you'd say the, the blue, yellow and white, but both teams are wearing that. <laughs> That's right. I, I think Veerley has, you know, Canberra has a soft spot for Veerley. She really, um, when she lived in Canberra, she was one of the favourites for the crowd and, um, you know, the kids love her and she's, I mean, she was just great to watch play and she is a good person to go with it. So Canberra still has a bit of a soft spot for her, but I don't think they would want her to come away with a championship this year. No, that is correct. And for the 1,200 fans that have managed to get tickets, a sellout, they're certainly going to uh, well be using their programs and everything they can get a hold of to uh, fan the uh, tension and fan certainly the hot atmosphere. This Panthers Stadium out at Penrith was known as being a boiler house. It's a grand final. That just ups the ante even more. And tonight we have the situation where it is a grand final to boot. It's a hot day in Sydney and the Harbour City and it's even hotter under the tin shed. 
It certainly is. And how much of a factor will that be in the game, Craig? You know, we always know that Sydney-Canberra games get quite physical. We've seen that in recent weeks particularly. Um, so, you know, it's going to be hard work out there for the girls. It is really hot in here. It's uh, not a lot of air movement. And I will be interested to see how much of a toll that takes on the girls physically. You wouldn't expect at this point in the season that there'd be a lack of fitness or what have you. I mean, you know... Um, and regardless of how you're feeling, you really the desire to win a championship will probably get players over the line. But it does fatigue does play a factor in decision making in particular, and it'll be interesting to see whether the fatigue, the heat, and the fatigue takes a toll on 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 the game at all. It will be indeed. And uh, just two interesting little asides: Brianna Hennessy, who turned her ankle about a month ago, is not suiting up for the Sydney Uni Flames. That uh, was a night where they had two ankles turned. One was Nat Porter, the other one was Hennessy against Bulleen. And that is coming back to uh, haunt them now because mm. Hennessy has been a big part of the Sydney Uni story. She has. I mean, she's the sort of player that can just... Defensively, she's outstanding. I think she's underrated as a defensive player. But at the offensive end of the floor, you know, she can just mix it up. She's a good penetrator with the ball and she can knock down the open particularly good at knocking down the open shot if you give her a little bit of space. So, you know, that's a hole that Sydney will need to fill. But, you know, they've been showing in recent weeks they won the right for a home grand final. So um, they're definitely the team to beat and the Capitals will have to bring their best game here today to actually knock them um, off, I believe. For the Capitals, injury concerns even before the game. I spoke to Caitlin Cunningham and uh, naturally enough she was in her jeans in the Capitals' uh, corporate uniform and very disappointed that she wasn't suiting up. But after speaking to her, there was a conference at the side of the court and that conference, in in fact, uh, was between Coach Kerry Graff, also Captain Kelly Abrams and Tally Bevelacqua. Now, you're world champion. You're always going to involve her in any sort of discussion. But uh, we have since seen Caitlin go out to the minivan and she's brought her gear back in. So... Mm. The uh, news is that Donna Lofthagen may have a cork thigh, which could be giving her trouble, and Caitlin Cunningham might get her chance to be seen in this Defence Jobs WNBL Grand Final, which is, is great news for her because she took a risk leaving Berlin to come to the Capitals, and, well, with that injury cloud, she hasn't had the court time she perhaps would have liked. Well, that's right, and I think, you know, it would, if Donna is, has a cork thigh, then it would be, I guess, remiss to not suit up Caitlin. You can have her sitting on the bench and if you need her, you've got her there. If she doesn't play well, she wasn't expecting to play anyway. So, um, of course, and I think for Caitlin, just be great to feel, you know, get out there, warm up with the girls and she can give something too, you know. You, you never know what you're going to get out of Caitlin. That's one of the beauties of young players is that, you know, you can get some great stuff um, but then other times, you know, they just lack the experience to be able to make some of those decisions. But I think it's terrific that Caitlin's um, out there, and I hope that Donna is able to play because you know it would be good to see these two teams going at it with their full full squads and and you know best game of basketball we can possibly get. Yes, well, Caitlin Cunningham, uh, she, because she sat out of uh, last week's game, wasn't suited up. It won't score on a tally. Had she played that game, this would be her 50th game. <laughs> so it was uh, well unfortunate in some respects that she didn't get the. Uh, 
the Guernsey last week because what a, what a moment if you do get suited up and into a grand final as your 50th game to go on with. That'd be terrific, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, she's quite young to be t- racking up 50 games in this league and she does have a great future. If she can get the injuries behind her and, and develop some elements of her game that Graffy's been working on, then I think she will be um, a regular starter in this league in the future. She will be indeed, I think. Uh, well, with the... Uh, with the movements off-season, it'll be very interesting to see where a few of these players may end up. The crowd is continuing to roll in. The Canberra crowd here early, Michelle, and have been making noise ever since the Capitals arrived in the venue, um, and that was about an hour ago. <laughs> That's right. They're excited, and they're ready for a big game. And They're decked out in their gear. They've all got their go-cap banners and their uh, bangers, whatever you call those sticks that they bang together and there's people floating around in body suits and what have you so you know I think the atmosphere is going to be fantastic and I can't wait for the game to get underway. We can't it's not far away now I had a chance to speak with Karen Dalton before the game here's her thoughts coming in to this the championship match. Uh, look, you can look at it both ways. I, I think you know, we had a couple of niggly injuries and it gave us a chance to get over a couple of those. I mean, I think everyone's got niggles at this stage of the year anyway, but um, yeah, we had a good hit out last Saturday at around this time, just before the, game, the preliminary final started. So, I don't know. I, think, I, I don't think it's such a bad thing. Well, all the best for today. And, uh, well, you're going to have a big crowd behind you. It should be a very interesting game. Yeah, thanks very much. So the Canberra Capitals, Michelle heading out onto the floor and yes, Caitlin Cunningham is suited up and uh, well, about to go through the warm-out process. We've got uh, Eleanor Sharp standing beside us at the moment. We might try and uh, get a thought from her. As Sydney Uni come out and now you can really hear the crowd uh, firing up for the home team. And uh, well, Michelle, it is going to be an interesting final. We've already spoken about that, but as the two teams come out for officially the first time, Lorraine Landon heading past us as uh, she is, well, enjoying a former, a former uh, coach of Sydney and now uh, a very well-respected member of the international basketball community. Yes, which is that great basketball service for Australia for many, many years. So it's good to see Lorraine. That's the sort of people we need involved in this sport. So it's good to see it. What a reception the Capitals had. They had their crowd up and standing and what have you. And, and when Sydney came out, they were there as well. So, you know, it's good to see that the crowd, the atmosphere is going to be terrific today. I think it'll be a really loud and involved crowd, which is what you want to see at these games. And Craig's with coach of the Canberra Capitals, Carry Graff. Yeah, look, I mean, it's a, it's a championship game. This was our goal all year was to win the championship and we're here now and we've got to finish the job. Look, a little bit of concern over Donald Lofthagen. Is that why Caitlin suited up? Uh, actually, a little bit of concern over Abby Bishop. She, uh, she got a, a cork in the carpet shoot around today, so we'll just see how she goes and she can't get through the warm-up. We might have to pull a change there. But, yeah, look, we've had this team's handle adversity all year. We've had some major personal hits. We've had injury worries that have star plays in and out. And, um, you know, if Abby can play, she'll give it her best shot. And if she can't, we'll throw Caitlin in. The amount of people you brought down here from Canberra, it's not going to be a factor of the crowd. Not at all. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a small gym, but it's going to be cosy. It's like playing at Tuggeranong. You know, people came down the highway because we've got great, such great support in Canberra. And um, this is going to be a hell of a ball game. Good luck, mate. Thanks, mate. Okay, so it looks like it's not Donna who has the cork dive uh, during, during the warm-up, and it was actually Abby Bishop. So 
you know, I think that that's another factor because Abby's been really good for the Capitals this year and she's had a little form slump just before Christmas but has really started to get her game back. So that could hurt the um, Canberra Transact Capitals if she's not able to play. But hopefully she'll just work her way through it and she'll be okay. Well, we are not far away from the start of the game. In fact, 17 minutes. I might see if uh, Eleanor Sharp has got 30 seconds to give us. I'll pass over the headset. Oh, And Eleanor, this time last year, you were uh, in the mix of it over there with the Capitals. Tonight, you're uh, working for the ABC. How's it feeling? Well, I am just so nervous for the Cubs. Um, I'm obviously here um, as sideline reporter for the ABC, but you know where my heart is, Craig. I'm a cat through and through. Grand final day. Have you spoken to Kelly and and uh, the rest of the girls about what this day takes on and uh, how to keep it under check? Um, I have. I spoke to Kel last night, actually, and uh, she said there was a fairly good feel amongst the girls. And, look, this is the biggest day of, of their season, and, uh, you know, this is what they play for. And, fortunately, many of the Caps have been in this situation. Uh, we've played in five finals. We, I should say, they have played in five finals. Um, so there's a lot of experience, which... I think counts for a lot in grand finals. Yes, well, I know you'll be uh, enjoying every minute of it as they, uh, well, they get you your whiteboard, your assistant coach halfway through the year. <laughs> I was, oh, my whiteboard's just arrived, just what I'd love to see. Might see some X's and O's again. All right, well, thanks very much, Eleanor. Good luck today. As Eleanor Sharp, former captain of the Canberra Transact Capitals and, of course, working hard with ABC Sports. It's great that she could uh, spend some time with us. We're hoping that we might be able to get Jan Sterling to drop by. She's not far away and uh, this will be a case of uh, if we can catch her attention, we will hopefully have a chat to the World Championship Opals coach. And uh, Well, 16 minutes now away from start time. We are looking forward to uh, the biggest day of the year in the Defence Jobs WNBL, the Defence Jobs officials and a, a lot of the uh, the big brass, as they call them, are already here at the uh, stadium to enjoy what has been an extremely fruitful sponsorship. They came on board at the uh, beginning of the... Well, at the end of last season, they came on board uh, saying they were they're going to get involved because uh, where Defence Jobs and the... Uh, the need to get more women in the services and uh, they wound up with a world championship and the most competitive WNBL season on record. They'd have to be happy with that. So, uh, you know, it's good. Sponsorship, corporate support for the league is very important and it's good to see that um, Defence Jobs have got behind the league and they've been really active sponsors of the league. You know, they've been at a lot of games with a lot of their um, entertainment and and their bands and what have you have been at many of the, the games throughout the season and it's really good to see them not only putting the dollars there but actually getting behind the sport and supporting the, the games and the promotion of the competition. It is, well, not far away now. The teams going through their final warm-up. Uh, Abby Bishop is still out there running all around as is, uh, no, Caitlin Cunningham looked like she's sitting on the bench. So, well, good for her that she actually got suited up there. Um, yeah, Caitlin's already sat down. She hasn't changed back, but I don't know. You'd probably leave her in the siglet the rest of the game now, of wouldn't you? Of course she would, yeah. yeah. She's there now. She's got it on, so she'll just sit there and, and contribute what she can. I think that's the thing that, you know, when it gets to a grand final, all the players know that whatever contribution they make, whether they're out on the floor or on the bench just supporting their, their teammates, that it's a really important um, contribution that they are making. And, you know, those girls who perhaps sit on the bench for long minutes 
they're out there training, they're putting the hours in during the week and um, you know, in many ways, you know, they're the ones that are pushing the starters and the players who are playing lots of minutes week in, week out at training to make them the players they are. So they are a very important part of the team. They are indeed. And as we continue to watch the warm-up take place, Michelle, it's time for you to have a look at these two sides as you might want to give us some of your keys to what will be today's game. Well, look, I think Natalie Porter obviously has been having an outstanding season for the Sydney Uni Flames, and I think she again will step up. She's a big-time player, and she's, um, you know, really going to lead this team by example. But I think the key one for, for Sydney is Trish Fallon. I mean, she can really make or break the game for them. I think Veal could probably, she's a, you know, we've seen her in the Canberra uniform many times, win a champion, many times, a few times, win a championship for Canberra. And um, did so for the AIS before that. And did that. so for the AIS before that, that's right. So I'd expect that we would see something special out of her today. Um, and I think Porter and Fallon, you know, I think the last game we saw it was Muscle White for Sydney who really hurt the Canberra Transact Capital. So it'd be interesting to see what game she brings today. I think for the Capitals lineup, you know, there's a couple of key things. We've got such a strong guard rotation in, in Bevilacqua, Bibby, uh, Abrams and, and Hurst. You know, they're a really quick uh, backcourt and on any game, one of those guys can just step it up and, and open a game up and provide some momentum or some spark to the team. So I think that that's an important thing. I think, you know, just Bibby, I think it was last week against Adelaide, she had a really good game for us. And I think Kelly Abrams in the second quarter actually went on a bit of a purple patch, which helped us. Defensively, we've got to have someone who can stop Porter. And I think it's probably going to be uh, Lopagan who's going to be given that, that job. So, you know, it's a really key matchup, that one. And it'll be interesting to see what they do with Fallon this week. Last time these two teams met, they had Bevilacqua match up on Fallon, and whether they go that way again or not, we'll wait and see. But um, you know, it should be uh, some really interesting matchups out there. You know, we haven't talked about really Poto and whoever else, but um, you know, Potts can come out and she can break a game open, and so it'd be interesting to see what sort of guard matchups they go with yeah. today. It is going to be interesting to see. Joining us courtside right now is the world champion, Opal's coach, of course, Jan Sterling. Jan, first of all, I haven't seen your season, so congratulations on your, well, success. Oh, you are here in an official capacity. That's I good. Am That's indeed. good. Okay, I can talk now. <laughs> but, Jan, congratulations on the world championship. Does it seem that long ago? Well, when you, when you come to a basketball game like this and, you know, you know there's so many uh, Olympic standard athletes on court, no, it doesn't seem that long ago at all, but it was a long time ago and after 2006, I think 2007 is going to be a bit of a light year, really. <laughs> but no, it's been good. This year's season, you've been able to look at it a little bit removed from your days when you were the Adelaide coach. How have you seen the standard of basketball? We, we have had a few girls not come back from the Opals program, but the other girls that have taken their opportunity to get the minutes have really stood up, in my opinion. I think it's what, what makes Australian women's basketball so good, isn't it? You know, here we are. We've, we, in fact, Donna O'Connor, our physiologist, we've just been talking about this. Five of our girls over in Italy now. Has it made any difference to the league not having them? I don't think so. I think the kids that are coming in that are being played, they recognise that, uh, you know, there's opportunities there if they do really well. And I think the commitment that the coaches get from their players to training and everything, it makes them better. So I think our league's in really healthy shape. Today, if you're looking at, uh, if you were one of the other coaches, what would you be looking at as being the strength and weakness? I think, well, clearly, uh, given that 
Sydney tend to play in, a, in an air-conditioned stadium. I think uh, refuelling and, and, and all those sorts of things about hydration is a really important key because it could get down that last two or three minutes. Um, but I, I said all along that I would go with home court, home court advantage, and whilst Penrith's not quite their home court advantage, I'm going to tip Sydney. But I think Pam, Canberra will be... Uh, they're, they're certainly in with a chance, no doubt about that, but my tip is Sydney. By how many? Oh, seven or eight. Seven or eight. Yeah, it's going to be pretty close, I think. Well, Jan, once again, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you and we hope you uh, get to sit back and uh, enjoy perhaps putting a fan over the, uh, the Opals coach's box just to make sure you don't have any uh, overheating experiences as well. Okay, thanks very much, Craig. And thanks for your support for women's basketball too because uh, our league can only stay strong while we continue to get that support. So thank you. Jan Sterling, the uh, coach of the world champion Australian Opals and uh, we thank her for her time ahead of today's game. Of course, uh, well, the crowd is uh, continuing to stream in here. Eva Akviaki jumping on the exercise bike, which have just moved right in front of us. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, not the best positioning for, uh, for the, the game. Uh, hopefully that will not remain there for long. <laughs> now, I don't know whether Eva has, um, is, is normally a player who gets on a bike and warms those knees up, so I don't think there's sort of any injury worry with that, but you, you wouldn't think that in this heat you would actually need to get out there and do any additional warm-up, but got to get those knees working properly. Eva is uh, one of the players that does spend a lot of time on the bike, and uh, even half-time, before the half-time break complete, she will be on that bike. Uh, Nat Porter doesn't, doesn't spend as much, but Nat, of course, has got a couple of bionic knees, <laughs> so she does know the importance of making sure she gets through all of uh, all of those processes. And it's really important that the girls, you know, it's a grand final week, but it is important that they maintain their normal routine in the lead up to a game like this. You know, there's probably a few little things. You might play with things a little bit around the edges. They probably have some additional um, media and sponsorship responsibilities that they have to meet. But, you know, fundamentally, I would think that both the coaches would have gone with their normal week of routine, you know, normal training sessions, obviously focusing on, particularly on the game that's coming up and, and what they might be needing to do, but I think fundamentally their routine would not have changed much for either of these teams this week. No, and uh, well, as the teams go through their final warm-ups now, the shooting from the free throw line, we're going to take a break here on sportradio.com.au. This is the Defence Jobs WNBL Grand Final, live from Penrith Sports Stadium. Welcome back to the Penrith Sports Stadium as the Canberra Transact Capitals are being introduced. We'll run through the lineup for you. And, uh, of course, it starts with Natalie Hurst in the seven. Then Peter Sinclair. Abby Bishop is going to play. She's been announced. It's Jess City, Michaela Dalgleish, Kelly Abrams, Donna Lockhagen, Tracy Beattie, Kylie Lange and Tully Bevilacqua. For the Sydney Uni Flames, it is Alicia Poto, Gordon Afiaki, Fallon just being introduced now in her final game for the Sydney Uni Flames in a final game of basketball. Michaela Domkins, Mel Smith, Rachel Herrick, both those girls played together at the AIS. Natalie Porter, the former Townsville Fire, Michelle Musselwhite, the former Dandenong Ranger, the former other, another former Townsville Fire player, Georgia Woodyard, and the former Capital, Kristen Beale, all lining up for the Sydney Uni Flames. We pause now 
as the playing of the national anthem is about to get underway. In fact, all the players being given the commemorative balls for the grand final. Everyone is starting to rise, so we'll pause now for the Australian national anthem. National anthem is now complete. The two teams meet in the centre of the court, shake hands with their opposition before they throw the balls into the crowd. And we are only two and a half minutes away now, Michelle, from the start of the 2006-2007 Defence Jobs WNBL Grand Final. That's right. And look, I was just watching some of the faces during the national anthem there, and the girls are just focused and determined. And you know, I was looking at Veerly and Fallon. Fallon, as always, cool as a cucumber. You know, no expression whatsoever, and you can just tell that she's ready for this one. She wants to go out on a high, and no doubt, you know, she'll really lead this Sydney team. Well, they are going through their final warm-ups. I've taken a punt here and saying that it's Bibby. Abrams, Lockhag and Beatty and Bevilacqua, knowing that there was that injury cloud over Abby Bishop. Well, yeah, but I guess the question here is, do you actually start her anyway while she's warm, keep her warm and, and what have you? So I think that, you know, it'll be interesting to see. And, you know, we didn't talk about Tracy Beatty at all in the lead-up to the, to the actual game. So, um, you know, she had a great, I think it was first quarter against Sydney last time where she came out and she really came out and scored, I think it was 14 points or so in the first quarter and had a quiet second half but really um, stepped it up. So not not entirely sure what Graffy will do. I think her and Sandy would have talked quite a bit about what strategy they take but I think perhaps they may go with Bishop while she's warm so we'll just have to wait and see. Just trying to pick up Michelle Musselwhite is sitting on the bench now as we're a minute away from the start under that indeed. Musselwhite, Porter, Fallon, Apiaki and Poto to do the honours for the Sydney Uni Flames and for the Canberra Transact Capitals, I'm going to go with uh, Bibby, Abrams, Lockhagen, Beatty, and Bevilacqua. Although I think, I think you might be right, Craig. Bishop is standing Bishop's up. Standing up, so I think she won't start. Um, so yeah, Beatty's going to come out and, and start the game. So it should be some really interesting matchups. I'll imagine we'll go with Lockhagen and Porter. We'll get that matchup. I'm not sure, you know, who they'll put on Fallon. The question is, will it be Bevilacqua? Will they go with a Kel Abrams on her? So we'll just have to wait and see. The beauty that Graffy's actually got is that she can actually mix those matchups up a bit. So she's got some flexibility there. Not bad when you've got a three-time premiership player 
sitting on the bench for you just to come in when the crunch comes. <laughs> that's exactly right. And of course, Kristen Veal is that player. Kristen Veal is that player, and you know, that's a, a luxury for any coach. I would have loved to have had that in my day, but um, you know, and you know that Veal is the sort of player that understands her role and that she'll appreciate that, you know, probably in, she could start in any team and she probably could start in this team, but you know that Pops is going to get the game going and you're going to get something from Veal coming off of the bench, so. No, this is going to be a great game and I'm really looking forward to it. About to get underway here at the Penrith Sports Stadium, Beattie and Porter stand in the circle for the jump ball. Referee holds it high in the air and we get ready for the start of the 2000-2007 Defence Jobs WNBL season and even contest on the jump ball. Apiaki goes to ground first and she will force a jump ball straight off the start. So the arrow will go capitals way, I'm sure. No, a second jump ball to call. It have to be a second jump ball because no one actually came up with possession on that play to give that. But anyway, so, you know, what a, what a great start. that You could just see people were throwing their bodies on the ground and I expect this game is going to be physical and people are just going to be getting after that ball at all costs. There's nothing to lose. This is it for the girls. This is what they train and work towards all year. So, you know, there's going to be... People will be throwing themselves everywhere. Well, we're going to have a second jump ball. Four seconds elapsed <laughs> off the shot clock, off the game clock in that start. So, Lofthagen moves into the centre now on Apiaki. They have to change the jumpers. Apiaki wins it down to Poto. Bounce pass over to Muscle White. Muscle White on the left wing brings it back to Poto who sets the play on the 45. Poto now backs away, gets it open, look, drives down, shoots over the top of Beattie, rattles in and out, Bibby trying to do the rebounding, Porter goes back there, but Beattie has been called for the foul, and no, it's just Bibby called for the first personal foul there. Michelle? I'm glad, because I actually saw Tracy get a clean hand on that one, so I'm glad that didn't blow it on her, but obviously Jess Bibby did. We've got Abrams has gone with the matchup on Fallon, so we'll see whether um, she's able to match it with us. Kelly's a very good defensive player, and she will use her body and be smart in the way she defends her, but we are talking about Trish Fallon. Porter's first shot is away and a miss, but her second will convert, and Porter now will get the first points of the game. Ball comes down, Capitals first use of it. Oh, Fallon gets the steal, she and she's off to the races. Fallon! Oh, body check that time by Beattie, and she will make Fallon earn the points from the strike. That's right. I mean, Tracy knew full well there. She wasn't going to get a clean block on that one, but she also wasn't going to get Sydney Uni playing an easy layup to get their game rolling. You know, this Sydney team is so dangerous and so potent offensively that there comes a time when you have to say, you know what, I'm just going to be quite physical and foul them here because I need to stop their momentum. I'm sure the Capitals didn't want them to come out and get a transition basket off the first possession. And Fallon makes both, so they go to a three points to nil lead as Beattie looks to inbound. Goes to Abrams now. This time, a bit more pressure on the carry back from the Sydney Uni Flames this time. It is Abrams on the right side. Bounce pass back to Bevilacqua. Inside to Bibby. Pull up jump shot off the left hand score. She loves that spot. She loves to bend the corner and just get the short range jumper. So that's a good start for Bibby. Poto with the braided hair goes down the left wing, then comes across the right side, gives it to Apiaki. Apiaki, Bevilacqua knocks the ball on the drive. Apiaki starts again and then charges at 
Abram. That gets that little tap from Babalakwa there, gave Abrams time to take position. Absolutely. And, you know, Kelly just read Akiyaki and beat it to the spot. You know, it's really good help in rotation and talk in that defensive play because, in fact, We've got Beattie who's matching up on Afiaki, but got caught up on the screen action. Bevelacqua showed herself on the screen and enabled Abrams to cover it off. So, great defence. Bevelacqua carrying the ball down the left wing. Marcel White watching her bounce pass to Abrams. Abrams looking. Bibby's in the corner. Abrams has to go to her to get it to there now. Bibby on the 45, drives towards the baseline, dumps up to Lockhagen in the paint. Lockhagen caught, ball goes up into the corner of the ring. Lockhagen fighting for it, terrific, gets it out. Terrific offensive rebound from Donna Lockhagen. Both her and Tracy Beatty went to the boards hard and came up with possession. Inside ball from Abrams now to Beatty. She's watched by Porter. Porter leaning on her, that's a travel. No, it's, it's been called a foul. Yeah, she was leaning on her until the body moved. You've got to be inside the cylinder if you can lean on someone that tall and make a move. Well, that's right. You know, Tracy did a really good jo- job because she's not particularly strong. And Natalie Porter, we all know, is a very strong player. She has great core strength. And she really was, you know, muscling up and encroaching on her cylinder. So Tracy did a good job of staying strong on that. Inbound ball gets back to Bevelacqua at the point. Goes right side. Abrams has to take a double grab on the pass. Inside of Beattie who dumps up. Afiaki came to Beattie that time. Opening... Uh, uh, and she makes the basket. Great vision from Tracy Beattie. She saw that she drew the help defence and dumped to the open player. Donna did a good job of going to the bucket. Caps take the lead for the first time. Four points to three here with 7.58 left to go in the quarter. Fallon goes across court to Porter. Open look for three. Oh, great work there. The shot went up. Beattie boxed out. Akiaki crashing over the top gives away the foul. Yeah, you know, it's good. Eva needs to go aggressively for the board, but that's her second foul. She never really had any chance of getting that board, so she's made the foul. She's going to have to come out early. It's a long time to go in this game. Just a little bit of a silly one there from Eva. Yes, uh, Georgia Wood, you're coming in. We talked uh, on the trip up here. Georgia hadn't been getting much time. She comes in the crunch. She does, you know, and she's a good player, so I'm sure she'll give them everything she can. As uh, Loftagen over the top to uh, Beattie. Beattie has to fall back. She gets caught on the travel. Oh, she's been caught. That Porter has been caught pushing her. This is interesting. I didn't have a clean look. You had a better look at that one. Yeah, I had a good look at that one. Look, I think what's interesting for me is that two weeks ago, that would not have been called when these teams um, actually played. And, and I think one of the things that we noted about that game was that there was a lot of physical contact down low on the big girls. Now, obviously, the refs, have right at the start of this game talked about that. So, Inbound ball goes to Bibby. Bibby makes the left-handed shot. But the big thing there, 14 fouls on the flame with seven and a half minutes left That's to go in the right. quarter. And the Capitals have to take advantage of that. They had that advantage previously against Sydney and really didn't exploit it. So they need to make sure that today they utilise that advantage. Top of the key is Woodyard. This time, Donna Lopagan reaching over the top of Porter to slap the ball away has been called for the in-the-back foul. And, you know, that's consistent. That's good refereeing. It's been consistent at both ends of the floor. They're seeing that contact and they're calling it. And they're calling it early so the girls will know how they're able to play in this game. Poto to inbound the ball now oh. from the baseline. Straight to Trish Fallon. This time, it is the second foul on Tracy Beatty as she was just a little bit careless with her hands. She was, and really that was just poor communication defensively. That was a straight-up screen. Really should have just stepped out and either switched up or what have you. But, you know, Tracy got caught, and that's her second personal foul. Not a good situation for Tracy to be in this early in the game. Fallon will go to the line. She's already made two from two. First one is not a hit. 
No, life fell into Miss from the line, but I'm sure she'll redeem herself. It's a big game for Trish Fallon, but you look at her face and she's just as calm as ever. Just like ice, isn't it? <laughs> as the second one is all net, Trish Fallon with three points for the game, and it is the, well, Sydney Uni Flames leading six points to four as Bevelacqua brings the ball down. Goes left side over to Bibby. Bibby's on the 45, outside the arc, tries to wrong foot photo. Then goes over the top to Beatty. Beatty backing in on Porter. Fadeaway jump shot is short. And Lock Hagen goes to go in there with the Woodyard, but Woodyard wraps up the ball. Hands it off to Porter, who gives it to Poto. In the corner is Muscle White. Muscle White gets Bevelacqua on the drive. He then goes off to Woodyard. Woodyard can shoot three, but now backs away. Then dumps off under the net to Fallon. Fallon puts up the shot. Beatty doing a good job on the rebound. Doing an excellent job on the board. Sydney Uni Flames have not scored from the floor yet. All their scoring has come from the foul line. So, you know. Foul called their first personal foul. On Muscle White, that one. She just tried to step across and block the lane as Bevelacqua was carrying the ball. Wasn't quick enough. That puts the Capitals to the line as it's a 15 foul. Yeah. Not a and understandably, it's on Car um, Karen Dalton's call the time out here. They're going to need to adjust defensively. You know, six and three quarter minutes to go in the first quarter, and they're already putting the Capitals to the line every time they uh, foul. So, you know, this is a danger for the Sydney Flames. It'll be interesting. They played some zone against the Capitals previously, and the Capitals took a long time to adjust to that. So it'll be interesting to see what Dalton does here. Is she going to save the man, or is she going to, you know, pull him into some sort of match-up man or a um, some sort of flat zone. So wait and see. Well, Karen Dalton addressing the troops now as the uh, well the crowd starts getting uh, thrown out little balls, the miniature basketballs there. There's a big crowd in attendance here. It's a capacity crowd at the Penrith Sports Stadium. Muscle White, Woodyard, Porter, Poto, Fallon returning to the floor for Sydney Uni. It is um, Abrams, Lockpeg and Beatty and Bibby with Bevelacqua returning to the floor for the Canberra Transact Capitals and it will be Tully Bevelacqua stepping to the line for her first attempts at the scoring for the game. So it is good, the first shot and we're back to a Capitals three-point lead with a shot to come. Seven points to four, Bevelacqua at the line. Second shot looked short, but it was all the way through. And the Capitals are doubling the Sydney Uni Flames score after the timeout with the two free throws. Six minutes 35 left as Poto and Bibby watch each other there. Porter with Beatty out on the arc. Back to Poto now. Poto tries to wrong foot Bibby. Pull jumper from the low post. Doesn't go. Woodyard doing a great job doing the rebounding on that occasion. Lock Hagen harassing her. Poto will get the ball back. Reset shot clock. As it goes, left side, Porter for three. Bang! They're back to a one-point ball game. And that's the great thing about Natalie Porter. She can knock them down from out there consistently and she can do it to you in the paint as well. She's a danger. The Capitals really have to make sure they do a great job on her. Abrams goes for the long range two-pointer. It doesn't come off. Then it's back to Beatty who does the rebounding. He tries to get it to Bibby. Bibby, turn around, jumper. Oh, amazing! She was in the air as she took the ball and turned to shoot. She is uncanny. She is just unbelievable. She really just, uh, you know, she just knows where the basket is and she's got this incredible ability to make it regardless of what direction she's facing. If you're a Caps fan or if you're a Bevel Aqua fan, you know the game started. Moose has hit the deck. Bevel Aqua with her. <laughs> 
the game is on. Five minutes and 43 seconds. Bevilacqua stays out there as Kristen Beal makes the change. Abby Bishop also coming on for Donna Lockhagen. That's right. Now, Abby's got an important job here. I imagine that she will go with the match-up on Porter, so it's important for her, particularly defensively, to not allow Natalie Porter to get into the game at all. Abrams inbounds the ball to Bevilacqua now. Goes back to Abrams. Into the corner is Bevilacqua. Over the top to Beatty. He's on the three-point arc. Left side is Bibby. Bibby, thinking about it, takes on Porter and also Poto. She's been caught for the travel. And, uh, well, no surprise there. She just got caught with two feet in the lane and nowhere to move. Yeah, look, it was a little bit of a forced opportunity there from Bibby, and she really had no option but to travel. So, uh, you know, that's okay. You want Bibby to be aggressive offensively. You want her to be looking to, um, you know, take the ball to the bucket. So um, you wouldn't want her changing her game today. Inbound ball. That time goes a long way backwards to Poto. Poto has Bibby running with her. Porter goes across. Bishop watching her. Right side back to Poto. Inside to Fallon. Bevilacqua double-teamed her with uh, Abrams. Abrams doing a good job there, boxing out when the Fallon shot was off the side of the ring. Bishop down in the paint. Abrams, uh, sorry, as Veal almost stealing. Bishop, oh, this time stripped by Fallon, but Beatty's good enough to get it back. Bishop that time, oh, stripped from behind by Kristen Veal, but the foul's been called. Foul's been called. Look, you know, I think what's really impressive was the defensive play at this end of the floor by the Capitals. Kelly Bevilacqua saw that Kelly Abrams got sealed, came across and helped came up with the ball and you know we're getting some good opportunities under the basket but we need to start converting those. Abby uh, you know she does a great job on the offensive boards, makes great position inside probably the one thing that she needs to develop is her ability to finish off more consistently. Well she makes the first from the free throw line then slaps it down to Abrams to make it a three point play. Beatty now looking around goes back to Bevilacqua now right side back to Beatty on the 45 takes on Woodyard dumps over the top to Bishop who's leaving it short and this time Abr- uh, sorry, it's Veal who gets the rebound gives it off to Poto who comes down the right side in front of the benches Poto goes to Woodyard in the corner then to Fallon Fallon well she is able to finish off yeah smart play they saw her get her uh, isolation in the post had a good triangle, fed the ball well to her. 11 points to 9, Capitals still with that two-point lead. Four minutes and 22 seconds left. Bishop on the low post. Takes on the dribble, hook shot doesn't land. And again, the defensive stop by Sydney. Well, look, the Capitals are still getting the scoring opportunities. They just need to start finishing them off. It's Fallon over the top to Woodyard who runs baseline, reverse layup, doesn't drop, but Porter's good enough to pull it back. Bevilacqua makes it work for it, slaps it away. And Coach Kraft wants to get uh, Donna Lockhagen back into the game for Tracy Beatty as uh, Michaela Dompkins comes in for Georgia Woodyard. That was a good substitution. The Caps really didn't know what to do with Woodyard that occasion. That's right. We've got Natalie Hurst coming in for Jess Bibby as well. So have to make some changes on these matchups here. We've got Abby Bishop on Dompkins, which is not a good matchup for Abby. I think we might have to fix that one up. Yes, and Beal, oh, she tries to put it up over the top of Evelacqua. Lockhagen gets the rebound. Now it's Natalie Hurst bringing it down the left wing. Hurst off to the races once again. So Hurst kicks it down to the left side, gives it to Bevilacqua, reverse layup. Oh! Hits the top of the backboard and drops through. Oh, you know, that's just skill, isn't it, Craig? That was amazing. Feel at the other end, lays it off the fingertips. That's class at both ends of the court. Oh, look, that's just spectacular basketball. That's what people come out and watch this game for. Just terrific skills and athleticism on on display there. Abrams sets up now, goes to Hurst, top of the key on the on the left side. Abrams goes back for three off the iron and Poto will pull down the rebound. 
Yeah, look, the Capitals have gone away a little bit from what they were doing early offensively in this game. Fallon now at the baseline. It's Lockhagen who taps it away. And uh, she was trying to claim it came off uh, Fallon's foot, but not to be. Yeah, look, early in the game, the Capitals were getting some good ball reversal and some good dribble penetration. So they need to go back to moving the ball through some hands to open up the opportunity. Well, inbound ball from Natalie Porter goes to Fallon on this occasion. She's on the wing. Porter, low post, backs into Lock Pagan and gets the two. She is just incredible in the paint. She's got such good strength and she just has great poise. Really good move from Natalie Porter. Porter, six points for the game. Lock Pagan goes left side with Bevelacqua. Goes long. Inside to Abby Bishop. She tries a hook shot that comes off eventually. Good to see her make one. Hopefully that'll keep her confidence up because she's doing a good job of getting position and creating some opportunities, but she hasn't been able to finish off, so that's great. 15 points to 13. The Caps retake the lead with that basket. Two minutes and 30 seconds left to go in the quarter as Veal brings it back. Veal goes right side to Domkins. Domkins, Bishop watching her, goes back to Porter. Now Domkins, oh, she got a good screen that time to break free. Veal goes back with a bullet pass into Porter. Porter puts it up under the basket. And Musselwhite gets the travel on the rebound. I think they actually called it something that called a foul on someone there. Lock, hey, no, it's a first foul. I think it might have been on Natalie Hurst, though, but who that one? I'm not entirely sure. But, you know, the Capitals had Sydney uh, in foul trouble. You know, it's six and a half minutes, six and a half odd minutes to go, and they really haven't made the most of that opportunity. We're at two minutes 16. I think they've really only gone to the line once. Mutz makes her first point. It was Michelle Musselwhite in Canberra that devastated the Capitals in the last round game of the Defence Jobs WNBL. And uh, when she can light up, she can do a huge job. And that's the thing about this Sydney group, is they've got so many uh, arsenals to their, to their um, group. You know, they can just, any one of them can light up at any point. Yes, as it's 15 points all here, all tied up. Left Hagen for three, doesn't come down. Bishop pulls down the rebound and then backs away with the dribble. Gives it to Abrams. One minute 55 left to go in the quarter. Abrams brings it round the arc to the right-hand side. Holds her fist in the air. It's Hurst getting away. Oh, and Abrams just throws it into the foot of Kristen Beale to reset the shot clock. Absolutely. I mean, telling you. Look, the Capitals are very static offensively now. They really do need to get a bit more active without the ball and get the ball through some sets of hands. Lockhagen gets the inbound pass. Bibby trips, bounces it over to Lockhagen. Uh, Hurst will pick it up, runs around the arc again. Kicks it left side. Inside from Abrams to Bishop, who tries to get a little bit of a layup going there. Doesn't come off, but it's... Oh, I thought it was slapped over by the uh, Sydney Uni Plains, half the crowd cheers, the other half, the Canberra half, groan as it will be a Sydney ball from the baseline. One minute, 30 seconds left. Abrams is uh, out there watching Fallon again. Veal is oh, leaving the ball behind from her old training partner, Natalie Hurst, who's up to the races. And Hurst takes on Veal. Points down. And she's been fouled, so she'll go to the line for the bonus. So, a great play by Natalie Hurst. She put the pressure on the old starring partner and then at the basket, she just stalled and took a time before she went for the shot. That was enough for uh, Bealey there to get in on her. Yeah, the great hesitation move. Those two players know each other's game extremely well. You're quite right. They trained against each other for years. Um, so, you know, that's great for Natalie to see her going aggressively to the basket. She'll miss, make this one. She doesn't miss many when she gets the opportunity. 
Three points for Natalie Hurst. The Capitals are up by three once again. It's 18 to 15. Williams one minute and ten seconds as Poto brings it over the half. So Poto now coming down the left wing. Still taking on Hurst there. It's a good matchup, those two. Fallon over the top. Bishop watching her. Loftagen's gone to Porter. Since coming back on. But Fallon doesn't worry about a hand in her face. She puts up the shot. No, that's just classic Fallon. She just makes nice positions, but such a great shooting action. As Bibby all the way down and up. A bit of razzle-dazzle. Loftagen has to go for the rebound and put it back in. Really strong offensive rebound from Loftagen. And she did a great job of finishing off under pressure. Got taken to four points for the game. Capitals back up by three. 22-17. 30 seconds left on the quarter as uh, Sydney Uni work it round the perimeter to Poto. Inside now, well, onto the lane is Fallon. Fallon bashing in on Bishop. Bishop just got herself into a trap then, putting her weight back on. Fallon fell to go back and then dove around her to get the shot. That's the veteran schooling the rookie there, you know. That was just, you could just see Fallon working through the motions in her head. Five seconds left. Bishop bounce off to Loftagen who puts up the shot on the buzzer. No, it's Musselwhite who's going to jack it up from the backboard. It's uh, mine. <laughs> Quarter time here at the Penrith Sports Stadium and it is a one-point ball game at the first break. It is the uh, Canberra Transact Capitals 20 leading the Sydney Uni Flames 19 and Michelle, that first 10 minutes, talk us through it. Oh, look, you know, I just think it's great. I think Karen Dalton will be really happy because things are looking pretty grim for the Sydney Uni Flames there. Early on, they got into foul trouble and the Capitals were looking good in their rhythm in offensive um, sets and what have you, and they really did come back. You know, I think that a little bit of nerves, a little bit of over-exuberance from Sydney, they were being quite physical, which we expected, but, you know, you've got to be physical within the rules of the game. So they really did recover quite well from that. Natalie Porter's had a great start. Um, you know, she's been contributing at both ends of the floor. Trish Fallon as well, you know, she's the silent assassin, really. She just, week in, week out, she'll just walk off the floor at the end of the game with 20-odd points, and you go, well, how did she do that? When did that happen? So, uh, you know, I think for Sydney that they've really had a very good quarter. They'd be pleased to be going into the halftime break only one point down. For the Capitals, they missed their opportunities there. They had the Sydney in the bonus very early in the quarter, and to Sydney's credit, they kept their hands out. They let the Capitals make the mistakes. Absolutely, but what, what the Capitals didn't do was continue to go aggressively with dribble penetration and ball reversal at Sydney to try and make the most of that opportunity. I think the Capitals would be interesting to see what the shooting percentage is. I mean, particularly in the paint, you know, Abby Bishop's had a number of opportunities, but she hasn't been able to finish off. And there have been good scoring opportunities and the kind of opportunities that you want to get offensively, but you do need to make sure that you actually finish those opportunities off. So, you know, it's, it's a good, good quarter of basketball. We've seen some great individual skills and performances and some really good teamwork as well. So I think that both teams, you know, first quarter's over, nerves are out of the way, uh, you know, three quarters to go is a long time and, you know, I guess one concern for Sydney might be the fact that Eva Afiaki has two personal fouls. Um, and, but Tracy Beattie has two personal fouls as well. So I think it's, it's been a pretty even quarter and I think that um, both teams will be reasonably happy with that. Domkins, Poto, Musselwhite, Porter and Fallon coming back out onto the floor for Sydney for the Canberra Transact Capitals. It is Hurst, Bevilacqua, Bishop, Lofthagen and Bibby. Nine points for Trish Fallon, six points for Porter, the leading scorers 
four, Sydney, six, four, uh, Bibby, and four, for Donald Loftagan, the leading scorers for the Adelaide, uh, for the <laughs> Canberra Transact Capitals, <laughs> who defeated the Adelaide Lightning last week to make the grand final. That's right. So, as we get set, Capitals start the second term now. Inbound ball from Hurst to Bevilacqua. Bevilacqua brings it forward. Back to Hurst. Bevilacqua, they're sharing it amongst themselves on the right wing. Hurst zigzags through the top. That's red five. Gives it to Bibby. Over the top to Bishop. Bishop now has gone left side to Hurst who drives that Fallon and that is a charge. No doubt about that. I don't think they actually blew a foul on that one. I think they just pulled it out of bounds there, actually, Craig. So probably a lucky one for Natalie Hurst there. Yeah, it looked like a charge for my money. <laughs> As uh, Poto now bounce pass to Fallon on the top of the key. Goes back to Poto. Poto taking on Hurst. Hurst has been called for the foul. As Poto makes the shot, Sydney take back the lead. Poto's first score of the game. As you look at those shooting percentages for us. It's interesting, actually. The Capitals, it's a fairly even. 42.9, Sydney is shooting 42.1 of the Capitals. So, you know, that's, that's not too bad. I think when you look at what's happened here, though, is the Caps are going 8 from 19 and the Sydney Uni Flames are going 6 from 14. But, if, you know, you've got Abby Bishop who's gone 1 from 5 and they've all been inside the paint. And they're the sort of ones that you really need to make. Well, one change. Bishop sits down and Beatty goes back out there as Bevilacqua carries it down. Sydney cut down the one-point deficit. They have a two-point lead on that three-point play. Hurst, wrong foot's Poto. Pull jump and spank in. That's great to see Natalie going straight back at Poto. You know, to go aggressively at the bucket and see, make her play you. So that's good to see. All locked up, 22 points apiece with nine minutes left to go in the half. Porter's on the left side, goes to Poto on the left wing. Then back to Fallon. Still in the corner, on the left side, back out. Poto on the 45, still outside the arc. Poto pulls up, long range two is good. Poto makes the jump shot just as she started on the drive there to get Perth backing back. Yeah, look, and Potts is starting to get herself into this game and she can be the sort of player that will, uh, you know, just go on a scoring streak. Loft Hagen and Bevelacqua, they shouted about back and forth until Bevelacqua got in a position for the jump shot. Yeah, good two-man ball there, you know, just Cut and move, pass and cut and great scoring opportunities. Domkins goes to Fallon, top of the key. Then it goes to Poto. Poto is uh, waiting now. Domkins goes to the corner. Bibby and her wrestling goes back to Fallon. Fallon watched by the uh, tall fern of Loft Hagen. Jacks up the shot over the top of her. It doesn't fall. Hurst does the rebounding on that occasion. Hurst and Musselwhite watching her. Beatty coming down slowly down the court going to the right side. Loft Hagen sets up on Porter on the left. Now in the corner, Bevilacqua, baseline, Jay, no one there, Bibby's falling to the ground, Tompkins comes up with it, gives it to Poto, 24 points apiece, Porto, good jump shot, just a little jump shot under the bucket, the bank's in. Transition basketball from Sydney. They came up with possession. We've got Bibby and Donkins going hard at it. They've been going hard at it for the last three and a half minutes since they've come out from that quarter time break. They certainly have. There's a lot of body checking happening. Foul against Donkins. Yeah. I think the referee might have decided they missed the last one, so they're going to call that one. Well, Bellin's taking a break. She's been really good for Sydney. Did she play all? She did play the first 10 minutes. Yeah, she played the entire first quarter, so she's just going to have a bit of a rest. I wouldn't think that she'll stick for too long. Flames lead by two as Kylie Lange gets to uh, come out now. It's a defensive game. No surprise, <laughs> Kylie Lange comes in for uh, Donna Lockhagen. 
Caps four from the baseline. Inbound to Bibby. Around the arc it goes. Bevelacqua goes back now into the corner. Abrams then to Beattie in the paint. Beattie has to watch out as she uh, was backing into Porter that time. She makes the shot though and it's good. Well, that's right, and that's one of the things that Tracy's really improved in the last year or two is her poise when she has the ball in the paint. So that's good to see her going strong and being patient with that short opportunity. Bibby stepping in that time, gets called for the foul. That's her second personal, her first of the quarter. Yeah. Look, I'm just hoping this game doesn't get uh, to a point where it's such a stop-start game because of the fouls and the physical nature. I hope that there's a bit of free-flowing basketball. These three referees had a great game last week. I don't think they've had as good a game in the big one, but Poto now puts up a shot all net. Yeah, look, Poto just penetrated hard at the foul line, shooting through the shot fake and got her into the air, and Bibby just went in the air and away you go. It's Thurston's, uh, Kirsten, Thies and Haynes as the Caps setting up. Baseline cut from Bevelacqua, bounce pass off to Abrams. Fake the three, lost the dribble, has to put up the uh, little J. Langey runs it down, Musselwhite wrestles it off her. Musselwhite spectacular in the air, carrying it down for Sydney Uni. At the arc, he's underneath, and this time Al Beattie slapped the hand. After the release, I might add, that's no call. The ball was gone. According to the referee, it wasn't crazy. Ball's in the air. She doesn't hold it anymore. You can slap the arm. It doesn't matter. Timeout's been called. That that is a wrong call. Yeah, and that's Tracy Beattie's third personal foul, I think. So, you know, that's a bit of a problem for the Capitals there. Um, You know, Kelly Abrams has been quiet. Uh, She's been doing a good job defensively, which we expect all the time. But offensively, she really hasn't been able to get into any rhythm in this game. So uh, we've seen in the past where she's just been able to get herself back into the game. So I hope she can do that today because she will be important for the Capitals. It's going to be an important part of getting this game back up because Sydney Uni are on a run at the moment. They've got that two-point lead and they have looked better in the uh, last three or uh, probably about four minutes of this game since coming out of that timeout. Now, bad calls are bad calls. You get them. Uh, Tracy's just going to have to uh, put that, put up with that and then go on from there. Well, that's right. And Tracy's an experienced campaigner. She's been around the league for a long time, so she'll just adjust what she's doing. She'll still give them valuable minutes. Um, and, you know, maybe Graffy might think about switching up their defence a little bit just to protect her if she needs to. Graffy looking at the uh, scoreboard and uh, realising that uh, things are starting... Well, they're still under control, but... You know, she doesn't want them getting away from her. Apiaki now at the line, and she makes the first points of the game. Apiaki, and just hearing Karen Dalton was telling the players to, to get it and run. Rebound and run is the call. So, an interesting one there. Thanks very much to the ABC. Fear steals the ball from Duncans. Uh, sorry, from Locke Hagen. As Fallon can't get it back, and it will be coming off uh, Donald Locke Hagen's foot. So, the Sydney Uni Flames. Although they missed the uh, second of the free throws, they got that possession back from loose ball control. The Capitals are really getting caught up on screen action on that baseline out of bounds play. Duncans for three, doesn't drop. This time Apiaki knocks it over the baseline and the Capitals will finally get the ball back. Yeah, look, I think the Capitals really need to come down this offensive set and get a good scoring opportunity. It's been a while since they've scored a field basket and they really need to get some activity happening, get some ball reversal and... uh, Oh, Musselwhite this time has... Musselwhite and Hurst are having a great wrestle. 
Musselwhite and Hurst. Ooh. Oh, they're having a chat now as well. Getting a bit nasty out there. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> They've been having a tater day, but I hadn't thought it was uh, was anything in particular other than just hard play. But the rest have decided that they want to cool it down. Inbound ball from Musselwhite goes half court to Fallon. Musselwhite on the streak down the wing. Oh, Bevel Aqua steals the tip away, but uh, Muscle White's gone down and Bevel Aqua tried to help her up. Veal came up with the ball. Uh, It's Fallon on the free throw line, kicks it out to Afiaki. Afiaki goes to the elbow, puts up the shot off the back of the iron and Bevel Aqua's off to the races with the rebound. Third soft bounce pass. Oh, Abrams lost control of it. Bishop in the paint, kicks it out to Hurst. Hurst now has to settle it down. 15 seconds left on the shot clock. Goes back to Bishop outside the arc. You know she won't shoot. So it goes to Bevelacqua at the arc. He knocks her down late, but the rebound is taken by Fallon. See, no call. It was late. At the arc, he gets a spectacular half-court pass. Goes back to Musselwhite. Back to Apiaki. Now in the paint. Turn around, jump up through. And they're out to a five-point lead now. They are. And Sydney is making the most of their opportunities. You know, Canberra's struggling to convert at the offensive end of the floor. And, uh, you know, that's creating some problems. You know, even when they're doing a reasonable job defensively, if you can't get any momentum out of it, then you're going to struggle. So. Coach Kraft's going, pulling the trigger now, putting Beattie back out there, taking off Donna Lockhagen. Also sitting down is Michaela Dompkins. She has had a few good minutes out there. As the crowd is, well, getting with it, the Sydney crowd starting to become a factor. 31-26. Hurst brings the ball back round the arc. Beal watching her. Over the top goes to Beattie. They use that height and she banks it in. Good job, Tracy, again. You know, pretty physical contact in the post and she was able to retain her poise and, and make a good shot out of that. Apiaki puts the shot up over Beattie and returns. And the Arkies starting to get some rhythm in this game, and that's a danger for the Capitals. They might need to think about mixing up the matchups on her just to slow her down and take her out of her rhythm. Hurst carries round to Bevelacqua on the switch. Goes to Bishop. Bishop, oh, oh almost had the steal as it went to Apiaki. Apiaki. Nice slip. Yes, and oh, Bishop again just didn't quite get the shot up. She got bumped. No call as uh, Apiaki carrying it down. Bevelacqua just trying to tap it away. Fallon coming down later. She picks herself up off the ground. Oh, this time Beal. Abrams knocks the ball away. Apiaki's able to get back to it. Porter, uh, sorry, Fallon. Hands off to Veal. In the corner, Musselwhite set for a three. Porter goes for it at the top of the arc and puts up an uh, air ball. Musselwhite was open then in the corner. That was a bad, bad vision there. Musselwhite's going to sit down. She doesn't look happy as she sits down. It is hot in this Penrith Sports Stadium the temporary home of the Sydney Uni Flames. The doctor looking at Muscle White now. Yeah, look, I think she hurt that ankle a little on that last altercation. Hurst goes for the three. Bang! It's all there. Yeah, and that's great. And I think that's something Natalie needs to do a little bit more of is to look to be an offensive threat from the perimeter so that people have to play her out there and then she can put some dribble penetration into the game. 2.4 game now. 31-33. 3 minutes 40 left. Beatty slaps away the pass from Apiaki. It's Abrams off to the races. Abrams' layup is over the top. And Abrams is down hard. She's further elbow. At the other end, the long pass from Beal goes to Porter. And Porter completes. Shoulder impact on Abrams. Yeah, and I think one of the things that uh, the Capitals are doing now is that they're going... 
the Uniqlines are playing some pretty uh, physical defense, but they're playing clean, you know, in that, and they're just playing hard defense. And the Capitals are going so hard looking to draw the foul that they're actually taking themselves out of their shooting action. So they need to go hard to the bucket, but they need to be focusing on scoring the basket rather than drawing the foul. Well, Caps ball from the baseline this time. I'm not quite sure what happened on the baseline. Why is it from the baseline? I think it was just they stopped the game because they wanted to wipe the floor, get some of the sweat off after the layup. Afiaki has been called for her second personal, third personal foul now. Her first of the term. And Afiaki will sit down immediately. Donkins comes back out. And it's been interesting. All these matchups have been so physical and they've just boiled over. Abrams, the three. It's all tied up here. No, it's not. It's still a two-point ball game. She'll be happy about that. She really hasn't had any sort of offensive impact. So her first like point. Her first point to the guys. So she'll be pleased with that. It's one-point ball game, in fact. 35-34. As it is Donkins working around the arc. Abrams in front of her. There goes back to Poto. Poto looks for an NBA three, then pulls up, drives in just to the uh, key. As Hurst falls over from uh, from uh, Beal, Abrams carries it back. It was Beattie who did the rebounding. Abrams goes back to Hurst. Hurst now drives into the paint and a foul. Is it on Beal or Fallon? Fallon, I think it's Fallon pushing foul. That's uh, Fallon. First personal foul, so she's in no trouble there. It does send Bill to the line because she was in the act of shooting. Yeah, Natalie, you know, the thing that opened that up for her was the fact that she had come down and she had started to take a perimeter shot. So defensively, Sydney's had to adjust to that. They're getting out her on the perimeter, opens up the penetration lanes, which is good to see. As the uh, Canberra Transact Capitals have drawn their way back, the timeout has been called and... Uh, well, one point. The Capitals, lucky to be that close, in all honesty, on the strength of this, this last, uh, well, this last quarter, the last eight minutes. Probably the, last, the first six minutes of this quarter, they were lucky to still be in contact. Well, they were, and I think, you know, that the Canberra will have to be very happy with the fact that they're only one point down at this stage of the game. They were struggling offensively and defensively. They were having some problems containing players. Uh, you know, Afiaki had a little bit of a purple patch. I think they could probably consider themselves fortunate that she drew her third personal foul and she's had to sit down. Um, Muscle White started to get some rhythm, but she's gone out of it. So, you know, full credit to the, you know, Sydney did a great job early and Canberra did a great job of coming back at them in that quarter. So, you know, these sort of, this game is just going to be a game of momentum. It's going to swing one way and then it'll swing back the other. It's about whichever team's going to be able to retain the momentum for the longest. Hurst is going to go to the line. Dompkins, Poto, Porter, Fallon and Beal come back out for Sydney Uni. Hurst, Bibby, Bishop, Abrams and Beattie as we're all tied up once again. 35 points apiece. Hurst with a chance to put them back in front. And she does. She's having a really good impact on this game. It's good to see Natalie, who's been in the league for a long time, really step up in a grand final and contribute. Poto just running behind Fallon, who is giving her a good uh, shepherd. Not the intention of Fallon, but certainly used well by Poto. It's now, oh, three-point shot from Poto off the front of the iron. And Bishop does the rebounding. Hurst will come back with it, carry it down the floor. Hurst brings it up on the left wing. Hurst sets up now. Over the top to Beattie. Oh, Beattie trips over. She's been called. Oh, deadly. Her, Nat Porter has been called for a pushing foul there as Tracy Beattie tripped over her feet. 
Oh, and Bibby hits a big J from the baseline to get the Caps out by three. Yeah, danger time for Sydney. Donkins now on the left wing. Woodyard at the top. Porto on the 45 right. Goes to Fallon, 45 left. Beal on the left-hand side. Oh, Donkins can't quite keep the ball under control there. This time, Beal re-practices the three-point shot and hits it. She was knocking them down very consistently in uh, the warm-up, which was happening two hours before the game, but they can't allow her to actually get into the game. No, not at all. As it is restarted now, great atmosphere here at the Penrith Sports Centre, sportradio.com.au, with all the grand final action of the defence jobs. WNBL jump shot that time from Bibby, slapped away Woodyard and Beattie wrestling for the ball. It looks like it was Woodyard's last touch. Capitals leading by three in the 2006-2007 defence jobs WNBL. Inbound, grand final, I should add to that. Inbound ball, Beattie passes on immediately to Bevelacqua, goes right side, Abrams for three off the front of the, off the side of the iron, and it is Beal now who will carry it back. Beal and Bishop kicks it left side in the corner, muscle white bang. Yeah, couple of things to be aware of what she was. She loves those corners and you can't allow her to get those open ones. We all, certainly don't want her to get rhythm. All tied up, 38 points apiece here as it's Abrams once again. Hand from Beattie. She doubles back round over the top to Beattie. Beattie's bumped by Abrams. First shot doesn't go up. Second one doesn't. Woodyard and uh, Beattie wrestling for the ball. A foul, I think, has been called on well, Abby Bishop. I think that's a lucky call too because uh, they'll walk the floor here. Oh, no, they won't. It's only the fourth. But, uh, well, it is from the baseline. Inbound ball. Full court pressure from the Capitals. Inside the last minute, 38 points apiece. Could we go to halftime? All even. Poto and Bibby watching hard. Karen Dalton calling from the side. Ten seconds left on the shot clock. Beal at the top of the key. Dribbles away to the left lane. Bevel Aqua and Beal. And it is Bevel Aqua with the foul. Uh, that'll put Beal on the line. So, you know, that's an easy two points here for him. Sydney are doing a great job of setting some screens. You know, they're doing a lot of ball screen, a lot of off-ball screen. And Canberra are getting caught up on some of them. It's a little slow to react. And they'll have to ensure that they start to really communicate well in that screen action. They're going to switch. They've got to call the switch early. If they're going to stay in it and fight through it, then they've got to be communicating that. Timeout called by Carrie uh, Graff as she decides to ice her former star player in, in uh, Kristen Veal ahead. We've only got 33.3 seconds, so it's one, well, it's two possessions, um, assuming that you make the shot. It is, um, it's one possession really, because you've only got four seconds to carry it back if you run your clock down. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, look, this has been a great 
half of basketball close, it's exciting, it's physical, there's great display of skills and you know the coaches are working double time here, there's a lot of uh, stuff happening around matchups, mixing up matchups and getting subs in and out and trying to counteract mo- momentum when one team starts to get the advantage. So it's really been a great game of basketball. What you want to see in the grand final game has been very even as well as we wait for the two teams to come back out. It will be Bishop Beatty, Abrams, Bibby, and I think Bevelacqua will... Yeah, Bevelacqua coming out now. Poto, Musselwhite, Veal, Fallon and Woodyard for the Sydney Uni Flames. Poto and Musselwhite... Oh, I was about to say both going to the backcourt there. That would be interesting, a lineup. First shot rattles out from Kristen Veal. Now, Veal is known as being a big game player, but tonight she's just missed a couple. She has, uh, you know, and she, she's made a contribution, but she hasn't really, uh, you know, dominated or sparked. She has that one great penetration move that she made, but that's about all we've seen from her offensively so far. Bevelacqua carries it back over the half, hands off to Abrams now. Abrams waiting for the moment as uh, Bishop pulls out away from the... There's no one in the paint. Oh, Bishop just backed away from the paint. That gave Abrams the left lane to drive. Fallon just reached in, took a piece of hand, and that will send uh, um, Kelly Abrams to the line. Kelly's got a big smile on her face, so I'm not sure that she actually thinks she got fouled there, but she'll happily go to the line, and I'm sure she'll make them both. Well, certainly has made the first, and uh, Abrams moves to four points for the game. Second one on its way, rattles out. Abby Bishop gets it. Stripped by uh, Fallon, and it's over the baseline. So, well, unfortunately for the uh, Canberra Transact Capitals, it's still all tied up, 39, but now final possession is Sydney's as Veal brings it back. Eight seconds left. Veal watching. Bounce pass, Woodyard. Muscle White set in the corner, but Fallon's all by herself. Oh, the 18-foot jump shot doesn't fall. Beatty gets the rebound, but Fallon strips her of it. And at halftime, it is all tied up at 39 points apiece. It is the, well, defence jobs, WNBL grand final. And Trish Fallon is going to have a word to Rachel Spawn at halftime as uh, they're coming off the court. And, uh, well, Fallon in a final game has had a, a big, Big impact. Nine points for the game so far. Only the one foul against Trish Fallon by my score sheet. And uh, leading scorers, there's two with ten. Natalie Hurst and also uh, Natalie Porter. The two Natalies, the highest scorers on the floor. Well, that's right. And I think, you know, Porter's had to sit the last few minutes because she has had the three fouls. So, you know, that's sort of um, been something that Sydney have had to compensate for, not having Natalie out there. But Trish Fallon's having a great game. She's not to lead. I so she's got her nine points. She's only got one foul. But the way that she leads the group and the boys she plays with is just, uh, you know, phenomenal. So it's really good to see her having such a good game in her final outing. Ahead of our halftime break, the stats have come to hand. I'll give Michelle a moment moment to uh, dissect them as we look at that first half and as I said the two Natalies Hurst and Porter leading the way with scoring at 10 points apiece foul trouble well that is in the hands of Beattie with three for the Capitals and three for Natalie Porter so whilst Natalie Porter's made a lot of shots she is in foul trouble Michelle. She is and uh, you know that's a concern for Sydney but Natalie Porter's a campaigner she's been around for a while so hopefully you know Karen will be able to use her smartly and still get some good 
time out of it. I think the other thing for uh, Sydney is Eva Afiaki also has three fouls, so her time might be limited as well. And both those players actually had went on streak for Sydney and provided some real momentum, so that's a bit of a concern for them. Oh, yeah, so I missed Afiaki on my score sheet there. Yeah, so, you know, like that's, that's an issue there. Uh, for the Capitals, we've, with foul problems, it's only Tracy Beattie, so, uh, you know, she's got three. The rest are spread fairly evenly. I think if you look at the stats for the Capitals, Natalie Hurst, she's come on and really provided something off the bench for the Capitals. She's got ten points. She's been doing a reasonable job defensively. Most of the scoring is actually coming out of the Capitals' guards lineup. You've got Phoebe with eight. You've got Beverly Ackle with six, and then the rest of them have got a few points. Um, shared around, so uh, you know that's one thing that the Sydney Uni players will have to think about is how they're going to match up defensively on those guard rotations. No real difference in the rebounding situation. Capitals have got 22, we've got 19 there for the Sydney Flames. I think you know Abby Bishop has come up with um, a couple of offensive rebounds, but just hasn't been able to convert them. Her shooting percentage is one from six. There haven't been too many of those that she's taken outside of the paint, so that's a little bit of a problem there for her. She really needs to focus on finishing off. It is indeed now. Just looking, how much did that shooting percentage change between the first and second quarter? Almost nothing. Almost nothing in it. If you look, you know, Capitals are sitting on 42.9%. Uh, Adelaide's on 43.8%. So they've moved it up just a little bit. Capitals are shooting better from the foul line. They've got seven from nine. And we've got the uh, Sydney Flames have got nine from 13. So they're going to the line quite a bit, which is interesting. Um, and whether that will continue or not is, is, uh, is a, a concern for both teams. You really, you know, scoring from the as the uh, Canberra Transact Capitals take their break, they'll be happy to be back level with the uh, be happy to be back level with the Sydney Uni Flames at halftime after they look completely out of sorts for that quarter. Yeah, they did. So, you know, we had the first quarter where Sydney looked like they were in trouble and they really clawed their way back into the game. And then we went to the uh, second quarter where it was the reverse. We had the uh, uh, Canberra Capitals looking like they were gone for all money and they just managed to claw themselves back into the game as well. So, you know, I think this is really a game of momentum and neither of these teams want to walk away with the loss. So it's going to be a great second half of basketball. I'll tell you what, we've got Holly Grimer very close to us. We might see if we can't, uh, if, assuming the ABC isn't about to take her, we might try and get Holly over here and have a quick chat to her, of course. Uh, well, she figures in a number, yeah, so we'll, well, we'll see. Holly's about to go to ABC and hopefully we can get Holly back here once she's done that interview with them. But, uh, as, well... Holly Grimer in front of us having a chat about her year. Of course, uh, I think it's safe to say uh, in the All-Star 5. Uh, no, MVP that didn't make the All-Star 5, isn't it? No, so Holly made the All-Star 5. She uh, was in the All-Star 5 along with uh, Milner. Who else was there? Milner, Grimer, Wilson, Porter. I thought you had it in front of you. I had it, I had it in front of me. I'm missing one. A great... A great uh, well, a great exhibition by the uh, Defence Forces here, all three, Army, Navy and Air Force, with uh, the, uh, well, the court being turned into a parade ground of a sort. And, uh, well, here they are, the All-Star Five. Milner, Phillips, Grimer, Wilson and Porter. And I saw Carly Wilson here earlier. I'm hoping that uh, we can flag her down. She's always a, a great favourite of us here at sportradio.com.au. And 
credit to her playing in the Perth side, and that's taking nothing away from Paul O'Brien's Perth side, but it go, it's testimony to just how well she consistently played, having to be the, the focal point of that team to be able to play a year so well that it was uh, all-star five worthy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Carly was critical to that Perth group. She was under a lot of pressure. Uh, you know, she really was expected to be the franchise player, and she had an outstanding season for Perth. The top ass. Uh, you know, Perth is a hard gig at the best of times because you do actually have to do a lot more travelling but to perform consistently can be quite difficult. So, you know, congratulations to all of them. Philip, uh, Milner, you know, they've had good seasons. Wilson and Porter, I mean, Porter's had a fantastic season as well. So, good to see. As we uh, get replenished with water here, we cannot express to you just how hot it is. But for the players that have been out here in this sort of temperature, how... How do you think they're feeling? Uh, look, you know, I think it's a case of uh, they'll be re- they'll be certainly um, rehydrating during the break, and they're fit and they're healthy. But it's pretty warm in here, and they've been going hard at it. Very physical game out there. They've got nothing to lose. You know, they won't walk off the court with anything to spare. They'll be uh, in the change rooms and the management, the, the medical team to be looking after and making sure that they're getting adequate rehydration and. Uh, you know, just keeping them as cool as they possibly can. As uh, well, the teams. What do you think you've been certainly in the WNBL as a coach? What do you say at halftime? It's all locked up. Both teams have had their roles, but the other team has been able to check them on it. Look, I think at this stage of the season, the girls know what they need to do. They're, they've been playing all season. They know what they're capable of. So I think it's really about focusing on the little stuff. I think grand finals is a game where it's the little stuff that counts. It's the persistence of ensuring you're staying on the board and you're getting after the rebound. So you're looking after the ball and not making clumsy turnovers. And that you finish off the opportunities that come your way. You know, there's, a, there's some strategy happening, but that's what the girls would have been talking about all week, about the way they were going to play the game and what their matchups were going to be and the way they play certain players. So that's all locked in, that's all happening. It's really now, you know, just a case of, um, you know, reinforcing your key messages and reinforcing what you've been doing at training to ensure that the girls stay focused on the game plan. What, if you uh, put yourself into Karen and Carrie's shoes right now, what does Karen Dalton tell the Sydney Uni Flames? I think what she really needs to say is that they need to step up their defensive intensity without getting into a position where they're getting into foul trouble. And when they've got the ball in their hands, they need to be running. They really are a potent offensive group and they need to be going aggressively at the Capitals in the transition game and trying to get some momentum happening out of that for I think if I was Scrappy, I'd be talking to the Capitals about their back offs again. They need to lock down defensively. Make sure they shut them out of the game and you know don't let them get into any rhythm. But importantly, at the offensive end of the floor, the Capitals need to make sure that they stay involved. They've gone through patches where they've had, you know, when the momentum's been with them, it's when they're getting the ball reversal happening, when they're getting the ball through sets of hands and they're finding open penetration. When they've stood around and expected someone else to step it up and do it for them, that's when they've struggled to um, actually get any sort of game momentum happening. Well, it is... Uh well, we were hoping to get Holly Grimer, but it looks like the court announcer has uh, beaten us to it as the uh, Sydney Uni Flames come back to the court as well as the Canberra Transact Capitals, both coming back out. I know we've got Rachel Spawn up here behind us. I'm, I don't know if we can uh, have a few words with Rachel. She's trying to uh, rehydrate herself <laughs> after uh, what has been a very hot 
first quarter. In fact, uh, right now they are about to announce the All-Star 5. And, uh, well, I, we might have let the cat out of the bag, but uh, a little bit early. exclusive for Sport <laughs> <That's> Radio. <laughs> but, uh, well, some of us can't read about embargoes. We just don't know quite what that means. But as, as I said, it is uh, half-time here at the uh, Penrith Sports Stadium. And... Um, we are looking at the game all tied up. Well, that's right. It's making the awards for the WNBL now. They're all star five. As we said before, Sharon Milner from Bulleen Boomers, Ellen Phillips from the Adelaide Lightning, Holly Grimer from Bulleen. So Bulleen have got two in the lineup. Carly Wilson has come out of the Perth program and Natalie Porter from the Sydney Uni Flames. So that's a fan. I'd be happy to coach that team. Give me them and I'll go, go coach again. So it's good to see. Um, of course, Defensive Player of the Year, who did it go to? Emily McInerney. You know, I think Tolly would have to have been one in there. I think between them they've shared it, uh, you know, over the last couple of years. I don't think there's been anyone else who's entered into the record book. So we expect it from Emily McInerney. She's a great defensive player and has been in this league for many years. And, uh, you know, she equips herself well. Well, to give you an idea on uh, the strength of that, Emily, Natalie Porter won it in 2002-2003. You have to go back to Robin Maher in 1994 <laughs> to find a player whose name isn't Tully Bevelac or Emily McInerney yeah. to hold that honour. Yeah. And I guess another great piece of news for AIS fans like myself is that uh, Carly, Carly Wilson, no, sorry, Kayla Francis has also picked up the Betty Watson Rookie of the Year Award. Yeah, that's great. She's had a really good season for the AIS this year. They've had, you know, it's always hard for the AIS. They've, uh, you know, got to mix up their WNBL commitments along with their overseas tours and their um, GEMS programs and, you know, and they're developing the whole time and training hard. So they've, um, it was really good to see her get that award and, um, you know, just good for the AIS program. They've had a pretty good year, really. The second half of the season, they started to play some ball, which was good to see. MVP of the league, Holly Grimer, receiving her trophy as uh, she comes off the court. I think uh, Bill Baxter, who of course worked with us on Sport Radio this year, he's out on the hunt to try and bring her over to have a have a chat to us here at Sport Radio. As uh, well, Holly is always a great sport with those things. The Caps coming back out. Tell you, like we're just congratulating Holly Grimer now as uh, she comes off the court and the Cats head back out. Not surprising. I mean, Holly Grimer was actually the leading scorer and the leading rebounder for the league. So I'll give Holly my headset and uh, Craig Rebell will talk to her. As Holly Grimer is uh, contending with the heat here in this Defence Jobs WNBL Grand Final. Uh, the heat's shocking as a uh, spectator, Holly, but, uh, of course, you wouldn't notice it if you are out there. Um, not at all. <laughs> I can't believe how hot it is, actually. I've been sweating up in the stand, so I'd hate to think what it's like for the girls out there today. Congratulations. The MVP of the league, and uh, there's been some fantastic names on that honour roll over the years, and, and your name now meets with that. Yeah, definitely. Um, just some of the likes of the players that are there. It's just such a, such a great honour, and um, going into the season, I never would have thought that I would get to have my name put with those players. You made the uh, decision to stay playing in the Defence Jobs WNBL. Is that a decision that you are going to be able to keep doing? Because uh, whilst you, you do have a, a big career ahead of you, in terms of lifespan, your basketball life is, is fairly short and obviously contracts from overseas do have to be something that you have to be mindful of. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm going to look at my options this year um, to go overseas and um, have a go over there. But, I mean, you never know what can happen. I ended up staying here <laughs> last season. So I'll just wait and see what happens and how my life's going at the time. This year for you, can you sum up your season so far? Or sum up this season? Um, I was pretty happy with the way that I went. Um, my goal at the start of the season was to be consistent and... Um, there was a couple of games where I probably didn't play that well, but for the rest of the season I was pretty happy with the way I went. And, of course, uh, for the bullying team, it was uh, once again one of those years, a heartbreaking year for, for you and the fans because, again, right on the premises of the finals. Yes, it was very disappointing um, when we watched the Adelaide uh, Denningon game and we knew <laughs> that Adelaide had to win for us to make the finals and to watch that game and... Uh, know that that was our final spot taken. Very disappointing and then we had the game on the Sunday the next day and it was so hard to turn up and play when we knew that nothing could be done and we were out of the finals. Is that the motivator for you to come back next year to get Boleyn into these finals? It would be very nice to get to the finals with Boleyn and very nice if we have made the finals previously and haven't really been able to get past the first game of the finals so obviously we'd like to try and improve on that. So. Well, congratulations, MVP, All-Star 5. It was, a, it was a great year for you on the back of what was going on right throughout the off-season and beyond. Yeah, no, thank you very much. Holly Grimer, uh, the, uh, well, deserving MVP of the Defence Jobs WNBL. Thanks very much for your time here today. No worries, thank you. So Holly Grimer, of course, as she hands a headset back, it is, uh, well... It is sweating up a storm. We ended up having to fan Holly just so she can uh, think and talk all at the same time because it is so hot in here. People are melting away and they're just, uh, well, then you've got these uh, 24 players listed that are out there running around off the bench. And, uh, Michelle, it, it's getting to the commentators, let alone the players. That's right. I'm, I'm working out over here. So, but, look, the girls are out there. They're playing for a grand final. It's a championship on the line. So, yeah, they're hot and they're working hard and the fatigue will be setting in, but it's just going to be a, a, a mental game really out there now. They've just got to work through that fatigue and try and keep applying themselves. So. I, I, I should have actually asked Holly because... Uh, a, a, old teammate of hers, Georgia Woodyard, has had a lot of minutes in this game and she's, she's been doing a fantastic job. She has. Georgia hasn't played many minutes throughout the season, so, uh, you know, to come out in a grand final and have to, uh, you know, play for a lot of minutes, get yourself into a rhythm, which you're probably not used to doing, it, it's a big ask, but she has done a good job. Well, we are less than, <laughs> we're less than a minute away. Uh, I don't know if Holly wants to do expert comments for a quarter. <laughs> I think she uh, will just enjoy watching the game courtside. Certainly on the, ro on the form between the two roses on the commentary box at the moment. <laughs> but uh, to Holly Grimer and all the All-Star 5, of course the rest of the team will be announced uh, a little bit later. We've done it for you already on sportradio.com.au. The second half is about to commence. Michelle Musselwhite, Natalie Porter, Leisha Poto, Eva Fiaki on three personal fouls as is Porter. Musselwhite also heads out there for the Capitals. It is Abrams, Bibby, Bevilacqua, Locke Hagen and Beatty. I'm sure, I'm sure one of the messages Graffy would have given to the girls is that if you've got an isolation, either Porter or Athiaki to go at them hard, try and draw that fourth foul early and take them out of the equation. Well, Fallon bounce passes the ball into the backcourt. Elisa Poto comes up with it. Oh, Apiaki's, uh, sorry, Poto's pass back to Musselwhite that time. 
Bevelak got in and tried to claim it. Now, Bevelak was knocked it all the way back down the change room race. So they've had a few of the kids have had to go in and retrieve the Molten as uh, this time Musselwhite bounced past. The Poto has to go and get it. Wasn't really to her. Now forward pass goes to, uh, to um, Felon inside to Porter, outside to Afiaki. Afiaki goes to the three. Musselwhite on the ground, caught for the jump ball. It's Capitals. Yeah, good position for both of them. Aggressively getting after the rebound there and Capitals have got the possession arrow, so they'll come down. Last time at this stage, about 20 seconds, Sydney had three points on the Capitals. This time, a much tighter affair as we start the second half. Inbound ball from Abrams to uh, Bevelacqua. Back to Abrams. She brings it over the half. Goes now to the left-hand side, 45. Bibby's in the left corner. Beatty's on the baseline at the low post. Back to Bibby. Back to Beatty. Beatty tries to turn around. Gets the shot up over Fallon. Yeah, Tracy Beatty, a nice back to the basket move, which you don't often see from Tracy Beatty. Yeah. Happy for her repertoire. Afiaki, Karen Dalton him away, but it went to Porter. Poto's the next one, goes back now to Afiaki. On the 45, dribbles in, shot hits the side of the iron. Porter tries to wrestle for it. Musselwhite watches it over the baseline. It will be a Sydney ball. Yeah, I think La Pagan's hurt a finger there. She might have jammed it on the ball. She's holding it, but she'll play on. She's tough. It is indeed. They build them tough over there in Christchurch. <laughs> Inbound ball goes to Poto who backs away now as Bibby comes towards a oh, wrestling. Porter and uh, Lofthagen. Apiaki drives down. Porter gets away. Lofthagen tries to reject from behind but gets a piece of arm. Yeah, sadly she uh, got the clean ball but she carried through with both her body and her arm down on uh, Porter. So, you know, Porter will go to the line and I'd imagine that she'll ice these. I think that was the second, second foul for uh, Lofthagen. But... She's got a couple of there. Karen Dalton just having a shot to Alicia Poto, and Poto looks a bit dismayed with something that's gone out there on the court. Porter makes the first. I think that uh, maybe Poto was saying that, you know, we've gone out with our game plan and I'm trying to run the stuff, and it's not happening. What am I doing, coach? 41 points apiece as uh, Porter pay, has levelled it up with 8.50 left. Bevelacqua driving baseline, drives past the whole team, then goes back to Abrams who drives into the paint, dumps off to Lofthagen who puts up a speculator. Beatty tries to tap it off, but the defence was good from Sydney Uni and they carry it back through Poto. Goes across the half, she loses the dribble, has to stop. Goes long, Musselwhite had time but didn't fire. Just goes back, Apiaki will fire though, and it's all there. She gets the three. Sydney go up by three, eight minutes, 16 seconds left. Bibby, she hasn't pulled the trigger yet on her scoring game. Abrams has got a good screen from Beatty, but Abrams puts it short as Apiaki and Beatty were just having a push me shove you in front of her. <laughs> Yes. Musselwhite this time for three. Hits the iron, Beatty comes down with it, then kicks it on to Bevelac. We're across the half. Kicks it over. Musselwhite taps it. That's all yours, Mish. No. That's my first touch for the game. Yep, first touch for the year, I think. We've been stationed up at the... Uh, first touch for a few seasons, I think, Craig. <laughs> Abrams will inbound the ball from the baseline. They, Fallon and Beatty are leaning on each other. Beatty didn't get the cut from Abrams. She expected it had to go out to Bevelacqua. Bevelacqua takes on Musselwhite. Hits the deck. Her head hit hard. And a foul has been called on Trish Fallon. No, on Abby Bishop. Oh. Abby Bishop gets her first foul now. 
Yeah, I missed that. I'm not sure what happened there. But oh, second foul, first foul of the half. But uh, Caps go to two team fouls quickly now. Seven minutes, 44. Afiaki yeah. carrying the ball back. Afiaki goes left, then right. Kicks it away. Oh, Musselwhite didn't pull the trigger. She had a little bit of time. Went back to Fallon. Oh, former Opal teammate in Bevilacqua steals it off her. Brings it in the front court. Oh. Bishop has it. Stolen away from Lear by Poto. At yeah. Sydney Uni up by three. Here was 7.20. Musselwhite and Poto working together. Poto read that beautifully. Afiaki goes long to Poto, inside to Fallon, Bevilacqua manages to get a touch on it. I don't know that she was last touch though, but Sydney Uni will have the ball back. Ten seconds left on the shot clock, 7.15 on the game clock for the turn. Capitals have got caught on back screens on this out of bounds quite a bit, so they need to make sure they get a hand on it. Fallon over the top, into the corner now. It goes to Musselwhite, it goes back to Porter. Porter, NBA three-point attempt on the buzzer. Bishop carries it back, she almost... uh, Cocked it up again. Eleanor Sharp was screaming in the background as she saw the turnover almost affected. Betty gets it in the paint, banks it in. Yeah, there's been a couple of occasions where, you know, players just need to be communicating with each other, letting others know that there's players behind them and what have you. So, Betty's gone to eight points. She's, I think she's scored all of the Pundles points so far this quarter. As it goes to Musselwhite now, in between the two circles of the key and the centre circle, takes on Bevilacqua. Big step that time. Comes off the uh, back. Oh, Abrams and Bishop almost collide. But Bevilacqua will come up. Bibby thinks about it. Takes on Poto. Drives baseline. Little left-handed shot. He's good. And Poto has been called for stepping in. Yeah, look, and Bibby did a good job. No, he put up seven fingers then. Who's seven? Gordon's not on the court. No, it must have been on Poto. Bibby yeah, it must have been. Uh, look, you know, Bibby did a great job. She just caught that and saw that she had the, uh, was able to get on the front foot and Poto was going backwards. Quick explosive step and then just used her body well to ride into Poto and was able to finish it off. So Bibby's continuing her scoring, which is good to see. And shot from the free throw line now to give them a three-point advantage. Rattles in and it's good. So Porter now, full court pressure from the Capitals, goes to Poto down the left wing. Bibby tries to reach in there, doesn't get a touch on it. Goes back now to the centre of circle. Then to Porter. Porter lops over to, to Poto who gets away on another back screen that time. This time it is Abby Bishop who's called for the foul. A bit ticky-tacky that one for my liking but, you know, that's what the rest called and that's her second personal foul. Third, third personal yeah, foul second for the quarter. Yeah, third personal foul Abby Bishop. So Capitals now have Beattie and Bishop with three fouls. And uh, team fouls there, three for the quarter is Fallon. Beatty has Fallon drive on her. Goes to Afiaki, top of the key. Back to Porter for three. Oh, Hurst tapped it on, but Domkins got there. Then Beatty came in, slapped it down to Bevilacqua. The Caps fans go up. And Bibby goes for an 18-foot jump shot. Not good enough. And Afiaki wraps it up. Yeah, the Caps might have needed to just get a better possession that time down the floor, you know, work that ball for a bit more of a scoring option. There really were no rebounders there for us. My score sheet has a two-point ball game. The official score is a is a is a three-point ball game. Not sure who's right and wrong there. We'll have to catch that one up. Oh, Hurst goes to serve, banks it in, falls down, but Bishop got last touch on it as Porter and Bishop were going after it. Timeout is called by Sydney Uni Flames. They pull the trigger first. And uh, three timeouts here in the second half for the players, uh, for the coaches to use to try and upset the momentum.
Well, yeah, that's right. But they just need to be a little bit careful about how they use them because this game has been so close, it wouldn't be out of the realms of possibility that we might go to an OT game here. So, you know, just being a little bit cautious, I think, about what they're doing out there. Uh, I think that, you know, what's interesting is that the Capitals are really pushing the tempo. I would have thought that that would have been the strategy that the uh, Sydney Uni Plains would have wanted to, but they haven't been able to get any sort of uh, uh, tempo going. So the Capitals' defence has been doing the job of disrupting them and they've been doing a good enough job on the boards to not allow them to get into any transition games. So as we have five minutes and 26 seconds left to go in the third term. It's been a big third term for the Capitals. As I said, my score sheet says it's 44-46. The official score sheet says it's 46-43. Now, I, I don't honestly know where I've got out. It's not uncommon for me to get the wrong score, <laughs> let me tell you. But uh, we'll go with the scoreboard. I just don't know who, uh, who scored one less point as Poto gets the inbound ball from Porter as we restart here in the third term it's the Caps with the advantage Afiaki goes left side to Poto just on the left elbow beautiful Aqua again comes up with a steal Poto reaches in has to kick it over to Abrams Abrams pulls up backs away as she realised she didn't get position before Fallon was there Hurt backs up now. They're running the time. Goes to the corner. Over the top. Beatty. Fallon fouls her, but she's good enough to get it in. Absolutely. Beatty's having a great game for the Capitals. She's really been very strong. They've been quite physical with her, and she's riding that physical game, and she's doing a great job. 48-43. Four minutes and 40 seconds left. Porter goes over to Poto, who's isolated. Our Bishop comes in, reaches in, but can't beat the ball over the baseline. No, and Bishop got caught behind on that screen action again, which we talked about a little bit earlier. Capitals need to make sure that they adjust early and they get through that screen action so that, uh, you know, they're not getting caught behind players on cut action. Beal and Porter swapping positions on the court. That's an interesting one. Oh, oh Duncan just took on Bevel Aqua. You very rarely get away with a charge on Bevel Aqua. And Johnson's really had no, she was just going and she had her head down and she wasn't seeing the floor. And Bevel Aqua had great position and she just couldn't stop the momentum and she went straight through her. 48-43, Hurst brings the ball straight up the floor. Veal comes to her first at the half. Oh, she put on some speed then. Almost got away from Veal. Veal kicked the ball. She trapped it before it went out, but uh, you're not allowed to do that. It's uh, <laughs> basketball, not football. That's right. As we have 4 minutes, 27 seconds left. Caps restart. Hurst on the baseline. Fakes the pass, then dribbles away. Underhand pass to Bishop. Hand back to Hurst. Hurst goes to the top of the key now. She backs away, pulling Dompkins out of the, uh, out of the, uh, well, the arc. Then goes in herself. Oh, the handoff went to Bishop. Bishop goes to floor. She tries to lock it up. It's going to be a Sydney ball. The arrow is back there. But great intensity from Bishop after she had made the initial uh, slip up. Oh, yeah. Look, and that's just great persistence. And, and, you know, the girls are so competitive out there that they're not giving an inch either way. You know, I think Natalie probably uh, overthought that one and she probably should have continued to go to the bucket on that but instead tried to make a little pass through to Bishop which just didn't come off on that occasion. Veal gets the inbound pass from Apiaki. One finger in the air. Her, Abrams goes to her. Fallon now gets it. Bishop watching her. Apiaki has got Beatty. That's what we thought has been a mismatch that's hurt the Capitals. Goes back to Veal. Back to Apiaki. Apiaki's fleet of foot. Rejected that time by Beatty, But Bishop had already reached in and called the foul. Well, 
I guess that's the way the ref saw it. And that's the third foul. foul of the quarter for Abby Bishop. Fourth foul in total. I, I thought that one was called on Tracy Beattie. Didn't they call that on Tracy Beattie? I think they that's called that's it on Abby Bishop. Oh, okay. I apologise. Abby Bishop sitting down. Yeah. Alright, got Athiaki on the line, so. Rattles out. Three minutes and 51 seconds left. And Afiaki makes them both. Yeah, look at. Neither team's just going to let this game go. Four points, both, just to going hard and physical. I would have swore she made them both. 44-48 means she only made one. As Hurst goes back to Bevelacqua. Six seconds left. Hurst is going to... Uh, sorry, Bevelacqua's going to have to jack it. Two seconds left. She's lost the time. And the shot is late. Great defence from Sydney that time. Yeah, look. Sydney did a good job defensively and the Capitals just stood around and expected each other and someone else to do the job for them. So they really need to go back to putting the ball through sets of hands and uh, making the defence, getting some good ball reversal, making the Sydney defence uh, shift. Balance sits down for Porter now as Veal comes over the half. Bevelak were watching her. Still Apiaki and Beattie are the matchup. Porter has got Lockhagen who's just come into the game. Now Apiaki and Beatty. Apiaki tried to block, uh, sorry, Beatty tried to block the shot. It was successful a hand in the face because the shot was nowhere near the ring. Bevelacqua carries it down. Bibby's in the corner. Now it's Beatty on the arc. She needs to throw some of them to get a defeat to come to her. Then it's Abrams. Drives down to the low post. Bounces around the rim. Oh, the ball pops out of Lockhagen's hand. Apiaki has been close for her fourth foul now. Apiaki, her first foul of the quarter is her fourth team foul. Apiaki's wondering why Karen Dalton's not happy. And, uh, well, perhaps this referee in combination peaked a week early. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, Apiaki's fourth foul. That's, uh, you know, she was just starting to get a bit of a role happening offensively. She hadn't actually converted much, but she was starting to look dangerous. She has to sit down now, but, hey, take Apiaki out and you put Fallon on. Yeah, it's not a big loss, is it? No, no. Inbound ball, Bibby has got it, goes to Hurst, then it's back to Bevelacqua, Domkins watching her, back to Bibby, Bibby drives down in the paint, gets a short shot, but Locke Hagen was there, she bounced it with her two hands, oh the, the Sydney oh. players are saying she bounced it out, that it should not was a no call, because I don't think it actually hit the ring, did it? I don't think it did either, it looked like an air ball to me, over the top from Bibby on the other side, hot oh. shot from, Bish, uh, from Beattie, does and fall, and it's over the baseline. Yeah, I didn't think that was a reset. No, I thought it was an air ball. Never mind. Sydney, you know, no harm. Two, the two minutes and 30 seconds left. Veal carrying it back slowly. Hurst waits for her at the half. Hurst now has to go right side as Veal bounces it off to Musselwhite. Fallon, there's a lot of noise in the background here. Not only by the crowd, but they've got the PA on. It's Veal going right side to Musselwhite. Oh, Fallon was alone for a moment. She pulled up short. Beattie comes up with a rebound. Hurst was running away, Veal has copped a hit, and I think, yeah, it's Veal who uh, copped an elbow, but I, she got into um, Beattie's face there, no surprise. That is only Kristensville, first foul of the quarter. 48-44 here, I've got a feeling the scoreboard's one point down. Yeah, well, we check it with, I mean, you know, that's what's on the scoreboard, so we have to go with that. Uh, you know, there hasn't been a lot of scoring happening in the last couple of minutes here. It's been sitting around the 44-48 scoreline for a few minutes. 
Hurst fakes the shot. She gets away from Veal, but Fallon comes to her now. She's isolated, has to go back to Beattie. Beattie goes back to Lockhagen. Lockhagen fakes the three. Bibby's there. Five seconds left. Bibby dumps up to Hurst. Hurst has to shoot. Shot is in the air. Don't know that it touched the ring. It's Fallon who comes up with a rebound. And a costly turnover. Veal is off to the races. Down the wing. Pulls up for three. It hits the ring. Bevilacqua comes up with it. It's run and gun. As Bevilacqua leaves it behind. It is Musselwhite who's lying on the ground. has been called for a defensive foul. It's a tough one. Whenever the player gets on the ground, though, they're just completely in trouble. Well, yeah, that's Karen Dalton certainly spoke to the refs there. The Capitals pull back now to contest this one. Off the iron again of uh, Donna Lockhagen went out of position there. Porter did a good job to get her body in the way and the turnover's been affected. 17 seconds on the shot clock left, a minute 17 left in the game, oh, in the quarter. Fallon, what a false to ground off Lockhagen. Lockhagen and Porter wrestling. As uh, oh, Porter loses the dribble, has to go back and get it. The shot was an air ball. And Bevilacqua is up to the races again. The Capitals have stepped up again in the third quarter here in the final. Baby for a three-point bang. Doesn't fall. Beattie taps it down to Abrams. And they keep control. That shouldn't have reset at the shot clock. It's uh, Bevilacqua now to left Hagen on the right elbow. Back over to Abrams. Then inside to Beattie who banks it. Doesn't fall. And it's Veal who comes up with it. Veal's pass though is to the back of Musselwhite. Left Hagen drops in. And left Hagen gives it to Abrams now. Who's got 35 seconds on the game clock. 20 seconds on the shot clock. As we run down to three quarter time. Quick hands. Beattie. 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 Left Hagen's mug quarter. But Beattie's pass was supposed to go to Beattie. It went straight down the throat of Porter. Yeah, look, she was just made that pass before she really saw it. So now we're in a situation where Sydney can go down and probably ice two from the line here. I think that was the fifth personal, fifth team foul, sorry. And uh, Porter will go down. And I said that Blackwood make them both. I'm saying that Porter will make them both. It seems so she proves me wrong as well. So. It's, you know, the last couple of minutes has just been, the fatigue I think is starting to play. Capitals are going hard and running hard, but they're not really getting, and Porter missed. You jinxed her. I did. Okay, the kiss of death, Michelle Hocking. Right. Second one is on its way, it's all net. And we're back to a three-point ball game, 48 to 45, as Bevel Aqua now goes to Abrams. Abrams on the 45, outside the arc, goes back to Lockhagen now. Back to Abrams once again. Now to Bevelacqua at the top of the key. Bibby's on the right 45. They've got seven seconds on the shot clock. Bibby's going to have to put it up. She goes with the hooky. It was an air ball. And Muscle White comes down. Muscle White and Beatty fall to the ground. Beatty is sporting a, quite a nice shiner there. Caps are going to get the ball back as Muscle White carried it out. Crowd didn't like it. No, well, look, half the crowd didn't. There's two seconds on the shot clock, 2.7 seconds on the game clock, so this will be the last possession. Lockhagen here, out, well out wide. 
Lauren, touch oh. the Yeah, it goes to Petey. Who makes it? It is, uh, well, five points is the official score here with the final break of the season. It is uh, Karen Dalton telling her players to sit down to listen up as uh, Coach Graff knows that the team, it's hot, the team has been prone to concentration lapses throughout the uh, season, but it was normally in the third term. The last two games, the Capitals have got through that third term in good shape. That's right, and they really did. At one stage there, uh, you know, I thought Sydney were going to come back and start to um, get the momentum swing, but they never did, you know. And I think, you know, Tully Bevelac were in that quarter. She was everywhere. She really was, you know. She did a great defensive job. She pushed the tempo offensively for the Capitals as well, and she really led by example. Tracy Beattie. She had an outstanding quarter. She, you know, she just rode that physical defence and she continued to go strong to the basket and converted when she had the opportunity. Sydney have had to struggle a little bit because they've had to take Afiaki and Porter in and out of the game because of the foul problems and, and that disrupts their momentum and, um, you know, creates some problems for them. But, I, you know, I think you'll be looking at uh, Porter and Afiaki playing a lot of minutes coming down the stretch and watch out, Trish Fallon will be uh, ready for this quarter and she'll be wanting to make her difference to this game. That's the factor, isn't it? It's... Last 10 minutes of basketball for Trish Fallon. In a grand final, her team is down by five points. She steps out onto the court now with Musselwhite, Podoville and Porter. For the Caps, they haven't broken away yet. They come out of their huddle now. Loft Hagen, Beattie, Abrams, Bevilacqua and Bibby. Now, it will be, I think, Canberra ball from the restart. We had a couple of jump. We had a couple of jump ball calls. We hadn't had one since the start of the game. Had to have a re-jump, and then all of a sudden that last quarter. Now uh, I noticed uh, Tracy Beatty was limping a little bit there. She won't like be Ten minutes to go. She won't be feeling any pain. Inbound ball goes to Bevelac where we start the last ten minutes of the defence jobs. 2006, 2007. WNBL season. Bibby gets the ball off Abrams on the right-hand side. Screen from Beatty wasn't as effective as she'd like. Beatty takes up position on the lane. Kicks it across. Bevelacqua had to reach high to get it. But she pulls out. Oh, she pulled uh, Beal away far enough that uh, she could try the three. It didn't rattle in. Musselwhite had the ball eventually slapped away by Abrams and they restart from the baseline. Beal brings it back now down the right wing. 50 plays, 45 and uh, I'm, I'm, I must have a mistake on Porter's free throws, so I'll take one off her. Porter hands off now to Musselwhite as it's 9 minutes and 16 seconds. The foul was called on the 13 of Kelly Abrams. That's not a costly one because uh, Abrams is only getting her first foul here in the final term. Yeah, that's right. So that's not an issue for the Capitals. 
Looking at the stats, and not much has really changed. The rebounding count's very similar. Shooting percentages are very similar. So, you know, I think this one really is going to go down to the wire. It is. Musselwhite misses the first shot from the line. As the second shot is good. It rattles around the ring for a little while. Musselwhite now with six points for the game. Now, I don't think she scored in that last quarter. I'm not 100% no, sure of that, but... Um, it was the three point was the last shot and I think that was in the second turn bounce pass on the low post to Lofthagen on the right side then it's back to Bevelacqua outside Abrams is top of the key back to Bevelacqua again low bounce pass oh Bevelacqua trying to dribble through takes out Porter and it will be a turnover lucky not to be called for a charge there yeah, look, I think Donna really should have just held on to that one in the post. You know, she handed it off to Bevelacqua, and Bevelacqua really wasn't in a position to be doing anything with it. So, um, you know, decision-making going to become pretty critical now. It's, people are tired, they're working hard, and every possession's important. Veal kicks it into the front court to Porter. Porter just lets them all go by, then kicks it back to Veal. Veal, oh, left it behind for a moment. Then goes long to Fallon. Fallon thought about the three. Drove in. Kick out to Veal. Now 45 right side. Veal goes again. Oh, gets Bibby on the ground and knocks down a long range two. She was at the top of the arc. That's Veal. Only five points for the game. Yeah, that's right. That's an important one, though. You know, that puts the Sydney Flames back within two points of the Capitals. It's the first time they've been there for a few probably five or six minutes. Beatty now goes to Bibby on the right 45. Bibby goes for three, hits the iron. No one there to box out. Muscle White will eventually get it and take it off into the front court. They took a while to get back down there. They're getting tired, these girls. Beal hands off to Poto. Now to Fallon on the right-hand side. Two-point ball game, eight minutes left. Poto on the left side. Has to wait, finding in the paint. Goes to Fallon. Fallon's reverse layup. Evens it all up. And I think the Capitals need to think about, you know, I think Vivi last a couple of times down the floor has made a few poor decisions in terms of the scoring opportunities, just rushing it a bit. So they might want to think about, you know, getting her off the floor and letting her get her rhythm back. Bibby goes to the low post on the baseline. The J doesn't fall. Porter does the box out. Defensive stops of Sydney are getting to be very regular and it's turning this game. Seven minutes, 30 left. I think Coach Graff might want to go for a uh, timeout here soon if this keeps happening. Oh, absolutely. She'll need to think seriously. Oh, oh Fallon has been fouled by Beattie. Beattie thought she got all ball, but that time she did get a piece of the arm. 50 points apiece and Coach Graff pulls the trigger. That's right. And, you know, Sydney have just come out and started that quarter and they've been... Uh, Well, a competing chance are out there now. Seven minutes twenty, as you said, it's all tied up. This is where we were at halftime. It's where we were at the beginning of the game. We're not decided. But Sydney and Canberra, the two chants are just absolutely electric here. The sellout crowd at the Penrith Sports Centre. You're listening to it live. au. We are loving bringing this to you today. Of course, uh, well, with nothing between these two teams, the difference could go down to foul trouble. Apiaki on four, Beattie on four, 
Bishop on four. Capitals in a lot more trouble. Well, they are. They've got two team fouls in this quarter, and they really don't want to be in a position where they have to either, um, you know, not be able to stop a player because they're concerned about fouling and putting them on the foul line. They certainly don't want to be putting them there early in this quarter. Fallon at the line now. Shot is good. Fallon's playing the game for her career right now. She's. That would be the first time Sydney's hit the lead in probably six or seven minutes. I would think. She makes both. The crowd and the bench go wild and Sydney are in front by two. The Capitals have not scored in the last two and a half minutes. What can they do now? Hurst is out there for the Capitals along with Bishop. Inside to Bishop now off the hands of Abrams. Bishop drives into the paint. She gets mugged. And it will be a Capitals ball as it was off Poto's hand last. Bishop needs to find that confidence inside. There's only five seconds on the shot clock here, so the Capitals are obviously going to have to run. They're out of bounds play here and look for it again. It's got to go. There, Velacqua. Four seconds left. She goes for the three on that. Bang! And the Capitals are back in front by one. Oh boy, it's a hard way to do it, but she does it very well. Capitals are still dead for money in that one, but uh, Bevilacqua pulled them out. Yes, Fallon now on the 45. Goes over to the left 45 with Poto. Now back to Veal at the top of the key. Veal gets a good screen. Gets Hurst away from Porter. Oh, Bishop went into the air. That left Porter to drive down. Fallon tried to tap it on. Sydney, they keep it in. Great work from Musselwhite. Now it's Poto with 20 seconds left on the shot clock. Fallon gets the long ball on the 45 right side. Veal back at the top of the key. Veal goes over the top. Oh, Musselwhite just couldn't get the hands there. That's the second time Veal's pass hasn't reached Musselwhite. Little bit of ear miscommunications there. Dompkins is going to take an opportunity to come in here as Hurst brings back. Apiaki's going to step up for the last six minutes as well. That's right. You've got to put her out there and let her play. Abrams goes to Hurst. Is all clear. Three points off the hand. All net. And the Capitals... 56 lead, Sydney 52. Musselwhite, she can shoot, but goes in with a bounce pass to Porter outside to Fallon. Feel now for Musselwhite to three, rattles off the iron, and Bevilacqua turns up again on the rebound. This is an important possession for the Capitals. Abrams converts with a layup off the glass. Abrams now six points for the game. The timeout has been called by Karen Dalton, and this Canberra crowd is really starting to lift its intensity. Absolutely, and... Dolts had to call that timeout. The Capitals have just got a momentum swing and she really needed to stop that momentum. So, uh, important timeout here for Sydney. They need to make sure that they come out of here focused and ready to come back at that Canberra. Canberra, on the other hand, need to make sure that it doesn't stop that momentum. You know, they've been offensively, I think what has changed is that Canberra are looking to be a bit more um, aggressive offensively and looking to take their opportunities. You know, Sydney stepped off the floor, put her put Bishop in for Los Hagen and just opened up some different scoring opportunities for the Capitals. Defensively, any group will do the job for them because they're very well drilled and they're very well um, trained. So, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens here for Sydney. It is going to be an interesting time. We're just... There's so much background noise here. I, I feel like I'm, I'm from an echo chamber almost uh, that I'm talking to you. But uh, in fact, I'm just trying not to have to blow over the top and distort so much so you can hear me at all. It is a great atmosphere. The 2006-2007 Defence Job Grand Final. We have 5 minutes 42 left and Sydney restart from the baseline between Veal and Poto. 
Poto gives it back to Veal and Veal brings it over the half. Hurst watching her. Bounce past Apiaki and beating that to match up. Both on four fouls. Now it's Poto back to Apiaki. She thought about three. She got Beattie wrong-footed. Poto goes for the three off the back of the iron and Beattie will win the rebounding duel. Hands it off to Hurst. Important defensive play. Absolutely important defensive play and critical rebound from Tracy Beattie. Hurst sets up to the right wing. Asking for Bevilacqua to run a play. Hurst got to the baseline, had to back away. She changed hands on the dribble. Then over the top goes to Beattie. Abrams comes into the post. Flash cut to the basket. As the captain's going, you know, she's come out in this last couple of minutes and she's been looking actively, offensively to be a scorer. It's important that she leads by example. 60 plays, 52, eight-point ball game as Domkins tries to drive. It has to pull up at Abrams. Goes back to Apiaki now. Apiaki puts up the shot. Beatty and uh, Porter wrestling for it. Capitals fall from the baseline. It's, it's like the Capitals fans are on one side, the Sydney fans are on the other. There's a few Cats fans over on the Sydney side, but it is certainly half and half that is all. Uh, one side cheers at one moment, the other side cheers at the next. That's right. Veal's going to take a break and Fallon, the Fallon's just come back in. Domkins, Poto, Porter, Fallon, Apiaki for Sydney. As Hurst, Abrams, Vivid... Bishop, Beatty and Bevilacqua. Hurst now gets it back from, Be- from Bishop. Goes to Beatty. Abrams got it dumped at her feet from Beatty. Had to go back to her. Then gives it back to her. Seven seconds left. Abrams calling a play. But Hurst, oh, she's getting wrong footed here. She's got to dump it to Bevilacqua. On the buzzer and Bevilacqua. Two fists in the air on the call. Oh, look, that kills you, that does. You know, Bevel Upwards has come out and knocked down two threes, her last two scoring points, and they've been tough ones to make. She's just been great this last half. Porter now drives in. Oh, Bevel Upwards does it at the other end, makes the steal. So Bevel Upwards will carry it back. The capital. Apiaki tries to, uh, almost a foul, goes to Bishop. Bishop hands back to Bevel Upwards, who pulled up on the drive. Now goes back to Hurst. Three minutes, 40 left. Ten seconds on the shot clock. Goes to Bishop. Bishop, shoot it, Abby. No, she doesn't. She was on the perimeter. Now it is Abrams who gets a lazy J on the baseline. You know, Kelly Abrams hasn't been a factor for the first three quarters. Her and Bevelak were this quarter. They're stood up. They are leaders. 65-52. It's a 13-point ball game here with three minutes left. Porter, three-point attempt off the iron. Afiaki and Bevilacqua. I think Bevilacqua gets called for the foul here. Not a problem. It's only her second. And she'll wear that one. She stopped the momentum and that was important. But four teams fouls to none. If there's a run back in three minutes and we're talking a 13-point run and it's all tied up, those fouls carry into overtime. Yes, they do. The foul cat carries over into overtime, so it's very important. And the important thing is also that there's three minutes on the clock, but if Sydney can make some points in dead time by going to the foul line, then, you know, it's, uh, it's important. Third timeout. Sydney have called here. That's right. That's yeah. it. They don't yeah. have a trigger to pull now. No, they don't. This is it. But, you know, Karen Gong's in the position that they're down by, uh, what's that, 13? 13. 13 points down. She's just... She's just got to, uh, you know, talk about this and rely on her team to get them through. I think, you know, the Capitals have just been um, working tirelessly on the floor and, 
and I think Sydney have been trying really hard as well, but I just think that the actual physical effort from the likes of Feather Lacquer and, and Feedy and um, Abrams have just been outstanding. 52, the Sydney Uni Flames trail, the Canberra Transat Capitals, 65. We have 3 minutes and 10 seconds, and I think the uh, the jubilation from Tully Bevilacqua when she backed away from that second three-point shot, pumping both fists in the air, she knew that they were just peaking at the right time. Oh, absolutely. Very important. Muscle White, Afiaki, Porter, Fallon and Poto. Porter gets the inbound pass. Poto fakes on her, then puts the shot up. Oh, Bishop knocks it away. Bevilacqua is off to the races again. Three minutes left. The Capitals with control. 13-point leaders. Hurst now just holding it away. She picks up the dribble, backs away, now goes to the baseline. Oh, Afiaki fell out of court, but Hurst moves again. Nine seconds left on the shot clock. Bevilacqua puts the thumb in the air. Poto watching her. Oh, good work from Bevilacqua. Long step to her opposition. Shot goes up, but Bishop couldn't pull it down. Poto will come up with a rebound. Taps it on to Musselwhite. Musselwhite can't waste any time, and Bevilacqua's been called for the foul. Yeah. Bevelak was third personal foul, so still no trouble. Her second in a few moments, but that takes Musselwhite to the line. It, it does, but I thought that the uh, scoreboard had four personal fouls up there before, and they're still saying there were four. So I would have thought that that was the fifth team foul. Apparently not. No, it's the fourth team foul, sorry. It is okay. the fourth, yeah. Four to none, though. An interesting call. Musselwhite makes both. Musselwhite goes to... Uh, 14 points for the game. 54 plays 65, an 11 point game. Hurst now off to the races. 2 minutes 26 seconds. Dumps over the top to Abrams. Abrams then gives it to Bevelacqua. No one going to Bevelacqua at the moment. They're talking the two leaders, the captain and of course the world champion. Bishop now goes back out to Abrams. Abrams, shot is short. The foul is on Afiaki. That's her fifth. Afiaki sits down. And the pressure is right on Sydney now. Oh, absolutely. You know, they've got... Uh, well, in some ways it is. In some ways they've got nothing to lose. They can throw anything they've got at Sydney. Uh, sorry, at Canberra. But for the Capitals, they've got to stay positive, not go negative. They've got to keep doing what was working for them, be aggressive offensively, knock them down defensively. Abrams misses both. So the pressure really telling on the captain now. Oh, but what a great jump. She splattered the uh, field pass. Porter in the paint, though, gets the rebound from, or gets the repass. And, oh, this time Musselwhite has crashed all through uh, Bevilacqua. Musselwhite picks, helps pick up Bevilacqua. But, uh, once again, a strategic foul. Uh, uh, I don't even think they blew it, so... <laughs> <laughs> they blew it or no, they didn't blow it? they didn't blow it. They didn't blow that one, so that's interesting. But um, anyway, look, Sydney have really upped their defensive pressure as they have to. They're up in the full court. Uh, they're going to be looking to double-team any opportunity they get and get some good rotations happen and make, make some uh, mistakes, obviously. Uh, Apiaki with nine points for the game, the third highest scorer for Sydney. And she's out of the game, so she's not going to add to that. No. From the side, the Capitals will get the ball, gave it to Bishop, then to Bevilacqua. Bevilacqua still in the backcourt, has four seconds, she outruns Muscle White this time. Oh, Porter just stood aground. Bevilacqua slides in underneath the scorer's bench. That's something akin to what you see Muscle White doing. Oh, foul's been called on Porter now. That's her fourth. 
Oh, I think that's soft. That's a soft foul on Natalie Porter, and that could be costly. Yeah, well. She was standing there. That's almost a charge. <laughs> almost. Almost break. <laughs> well, it's almost. It's not almost a foul. It is one. Inbound to Beverly Aqua. Beverly Aqua runs the floor. She doesn't have to take the reverse layup. She gives it back to Natalie Hurst. Natalie Hurst has been a big part of this team. Poto and Hurst. Oh, Poto got all ball then. The foul calls are not going Sydney's way in the run home. No, no look, in all honesty on that one, you know, you can't come from behind a player to make that steal. And but if she hit the ball... Yeah, but she also hit her body with that one as well. So. Bishop's got a back-to-basket here. No one oh, with no. her. And uh, now Musselwhite has to foul her to stop the clock. Yeah, when Abby Bishop starts driving in the basket, you know that there's something wrong. <laughs> and that's not taking nothing away from Abby. Look, it's, um, you know, Sydney are in a no-win situation here. They just have to continue to foul people and try and stop the game. Inbound ball! It's uh, Bishop. Oh, they're just running the clock down. You want them to be positive here. Bishop should have taken the shot. I mean, there was no one within 15 feet of her. She really should have taken that one. Beverly Aquil will, and she leaves it short. Although it's actually hard off the backboard, I should say. Muscle White now goes across, and this time it is Beverly Aquil that's called for the foul. Yeah, and that'll put them on the line. Yep. And it was fourth personal foul now on Beverly Aquil, the third in this quarter. And the Capitals, they have to play positive. Donna Lockhagen comes out to lift the defence as Abby Bishop sits down and Graffy is saying to her, you take your shot. That's exactly right. You, know, you win it by scoring more. <laughs> That's right. There are situations when you do want to run the clock down, but not with a minute 35 to go. No. When you're under the basket and there isn't anyone within 15 feet of you. Musselwhite makes one from two. So we're back to a eight-point ball game, 65-57. As the Caps will get it from the side, as I think Poto reached in and tapped it over. Nah, uh, Abrams now looking to get it to Lockhagen. Poto runs oh, into Lockhagen. Well, eventually they're going to call it. <laughs> Donna Lockhagen's just laughing. They're, they waited a long, long time. And that's not good for Sydney. If you, no, you want a clean foul so that you can stop that clock, if the ref's going to let you slap her arms for two or three seconds... That's defeating the purpose. That's Maybe right. the ref's saying, oh, well, I'm going to penalise you for stopping the clock. But still, that's not the spirit of the game. No. You're supposed to blow it when it happens. That's exactly right. Lockhagen to the line. She's got four points for the game. She's got five. And the Capitals fans are cheering. The Capitals fans, Eleanor Sharp gives us a thumbs up and a smile. She's a happy camper. <laughs> As Donna Lockhagen makes both. She's Six points for the game. commentator. Yes. But... Uh, well, she knows she's left this club in good standing. Porter for three is short off the iron. And Beverly comes up with it. Abrams is up to the races. Kicks it to Hurst. Hurst with a minute left backs away. And this time, Kristen Beal. She's only got two fouls with that one. So she stops the clock again. Natalie Hurst goes to the line. Yeah, look, Sydney really have no choice but to try and stop the clock on every occasion. There comes a point where you have to concede the game and just say, but, you know, there's still a minute to go. Oh, oh Hurst rattles in and out. Don't you say a word. <laughs> you joined her already today. <laughs> Second shot is all net. It's an 11-point ball game now. 56 seconds. Poto's off to the races. She pulls up at the arc. Oh, Lockhagen gets the steal. Beverly Aqua, what will she do? Bounce pass to Lockhagen. Lockhagen finishes. Lockhagen. 
Oh, it's Bevel Aquar and Veal are having a battle of words there over the court. Veal and Bevel Aqua getting into it right at the end. 45 seconds left, long pass to Port up for three. Looks good off the hand, but it doesn't fall. Oh, Fallon crashes through. No call. Porter taps it away. Abrams now. 36 seconds left. Hurst. Left taken. They're racking up a score here. Well, I don't think many people but uh, Kelly Abrams just gave the big high five to, uh, to Natalie Hurst. Reverse pass over the head from Veal to Porter. Goes back to Musselwhite. Veal's been called for the rest. Oh, Bell Ackwiss. Been timed out. Fouled out, I should say. Four fouls. In the last quarter, she doesn't get to stay on the court for the victory. She knows it won. Coach Braff and Telly Beverack were a brace as they come off the court. Beverack was had a huge role. She'd be close to MVP for mine. Oh, she has to be. Look, her uh, last quarter, she just got up another level and she just completely took this game. Uh, into her own hands. makes both from the free throw line. The Capitals have 22 seconds left. Abrams, she kicks it on to Hurst. Will I keep tracking up the score here? Muscle White, well, she went for the foul. Porter knocked it away. Muscle White's going to get a second chance. Three point attempt from Muscle White. Hits the iron. Hurst comes up with it. And a foul's been called. I'm not sure who on. It's been called on Muscle White. Muscle White now has got her fourth personal foul. And the Capitals walk the floor. 7.1 seconds left to go. Oh, Natalie Hurst is going to go here. All right, I didn't realise it was on Natalie. Natalie made one from her last four attempts. She's made two from five now. As the Caps go back out to 12 points. Second one rattles away. Podo, it wasn't a deliberate leave, I don't think. Musselwhite jacks up another three. It hits the side. And Veal will put it back in. No, she can't. Luck Hagen has the ball in her hand. And she and the Capitals celebrate now the victory. Kelly Beverakwa ran straight out to Tracy Beattie to embrace the Sydney Uni Flames on the court. The rest of the team is being called out now to embrace. But it's, it's a lonely moment out there on the floor for those girls. It sure is, you know. You've worked hard all season. You've put yourself in the best possible position you can uh, to get the win. And Kelly's uh, doing a pack cash up into the crowd. She's going over to her family, I guess, and friends. Yes. But we'll take a break now. We'll speak to some of the players ahead of the presentation. This is sportradio.com.au. Congratulations, yeah, look, I mean, credit to this team. I don't think anyone except us truly believed we could do it. A lot of people hoped we could win it, and we talked about today about not only having belief, but trust that this team was damn good enough to win it. And they showed today why defence wins championships. We held the best offensive team in the league for 59 points. The third quarter, Tracy came out. She lifted the fourth quarter. Well, Kelly's probably MVP. Mate, it's hard to pick one, but yeah, her gut and her, her grit and determination, she just proved why she's such a champion. Natty Hurst proved why she's a woman. Kel Abrams, I knew she could captain this team. Tracy Beatty goes through a marriage breakup and takes her time. I mean, this was a team effort. Congratulations. Thank you. Kelly, what a year. Congratulations, championship winning captain. Thank you very much. I'm so proud of our girls. Mate, we just stuck it out and we knew we could do it. 
what a game it was, the pressure, half-time, it's all locked up. And in that third quarter, well, I know we've talked about your third quarter throughout the year, but once again, like Adelaide, your third quarter, you just set it up. We had goals tonight to win the rebounding contest. We went in at half-time and we were up. And, mate, our fitness has speaks volumes. We just knew they were going to crack. It was just a matter of being persistent. Congratulations. Thanks. Tracy Beattie, what a year. You have uh, just had some of the most amazing games this year of your career and you stand up here with a championship at the end of Oh, isn't it great? <laughs> a lot of hard work has paid off, so it's been good. Your third quarter, you really just, you knew you had foul trouble, but you just knew that you had to stand up. I did. Um, yeah, there's not much you can do with four fouls, unfortunately. You've got to keep your hands out, got to play honest, and well, well, well. Congratulations. Uh, what, third championship now, two with the Capitals. Uh, second with the Capitals, yeah. Congratulations. Jess Bibby, we talked about your fourth grand final in a row. Three of them now, or your first with the Capitals. Congratulations. Oh, look, it's, um, it's a pretty good feeling. We all had a pretty good feeling coming into the, um, into the game today. And, you know, it's a much better feeling than last year. Being running up with Danny Nong, and I couldn't wish for a, a better title with a better group of girls. There was times in that in that first half where you were just keeping them in there. You just you were finding that baseline drive with that J that just kept the score close. Look, you know, Graffy spoke to us at the start of the game about we didn't have to do anything special today. Just do what we've brought every game this this season, and you know that's sort of what I've brought this year. That little that little pull up jumper, and I got to a pretty good start and went a bit cold down the stretch. But you know we got so many options in this group that you know the girls finished it off fabulously. The Canberra move has been a, a good one for your personal game. Oh, it, it, it's the best decision I've ever made in my life, and you know dream come true this year. And everybody everybody wrote us off this season, and you know we wouldn't have been picked in anybody's top four to start the year, and we won it all, so it's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. Well, Tony your second championship now with the Capitals, yeah. and uh, well, you were my MVP out there. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, oh shoot, uh, there are 10 MVPs out there, 11. I can't remember how, how many we suit up now, but I mean, we all chipped in, we all did what we had to do, and oh, I'm so proud of everyone. It just keeps getting better. World Championship at the end of last year. Well, the championship, the World Championship, Commonwealth Games medal, yeah. and now, when everyone said no Lauren, no Canberra, you've, uh, well, stuck it up. Well, that's right. It's a new look Caps, and, uh, you know, no more can we hear, you know, can the Caps do it without Lauren Jackson? And you know what? If Loz was here, of course we'd want her in her team. Who wouldn't? I mean, that's stupid to think that you wouldn't want her in her team, and it's certainly no disrespect to Lauren when we say that we wanted to prove a point today, that we could win without her, and uh, we had a lot of players step up, and... Uh, you know, this is uh, Kelly Abrams' team now. You know, she's the new captain of the Caps, and, and that's what we want to mark, make our marking. And for Sydney, of course, what a what a competition you've had all year coming down to the championship game. I know. What better script, eh? Very tale ending. They had our number all season. I, uh, you know, we kind of said maybe they celebrated a little too early in the in the last game of the regular season and the uh, the semi final, and uh, we kept that in the back of our heads, and we wanted to make sure this was a sweet victory. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Well, Sandy, what a year it's been. Oh. You had that time off and you had to get Eleanor Sharp in to help out. Of course, Bucks was there as well. But uh, your first year as assistant coach and you're looking at a champion. Oh, I guess your second year as assistant coach, second but first year. assistant yeah. and you get a championship. I know. I mean, it's just an unbelievable feeling. It was, I was a bit nervous during the week and I just thought, oh, how are we going to react to it? But to the girls' credit, they just came out, played hard. It was like they knew it was their last game. They wanted to win for each other. And I just think that that just shows the power of the Capitals and how they sit together and do it as a whole. So it was just a great team effort. Congratulations. Thanks. Karen Dalton, that's, uh, well, 
We've had this chat before. It's a lonely one, isn't it? Oh, well, I think the better team won on the day. I don't think that um, we played to our potential, but I think they made some bloody big shots in the second half to, um, you know, get that lead. The way the game was seesawing back and forward, every time you guys looked like you had been able to break them, they just found something on you. Oh, yeah, I mean, they, they, as I said, they made their shots, we didn't make our shots. I think that's really, you know, that comes down, that's a game of basketball, and unfortunately, we didn't make ours, they made theirs. That's all I can say. Next year. Hopefully. Landon joins us now as we have completed our first defence jobs WNBL season, and uh, what a partnership that they have uh, struck up, and they've, they've really got on board this sport at exactly the right time. They take a world championship in the most competitive season out of uh, their first year of involvement. That's right, Craig, um, and we hope they're going to continue. They're uh, indicating that they've been happy, so uh, we look forward to a positive announcement in the next couple of weeks. But uh, uh, I think when they uh, came on board, they didn't quite think that the Opals were going to win that gold medal. So, uh, so it's been a, a good ride for them and, and, and good for us as well. It's been a, a fascinating year because... After the World Championships, we know that uh, perhaps Jan Sterling's rules about playing in Australia are a little bit relaxed. And we thought, well, what's this season going to bring? And what it's brought us is so much new talent that is of that, uh, that Opal's calibre right down the list. We've been seeing players playing six and seven. And you, you think of someone like uh, Caitlin Cunningham, a, a good... You know, a good friend of ours at the Capitals. But Caitlin Cunningham, in just about any team, would be a starter. It's just the wealth of uh, the wealth of heights the Capitals were able to recruit had seen her injuries just keep her from uh, being able to progress that next step. Well, I, I think the exciting thing about the season is um, everybody gets a bit nervous when you finish a major event and we lose some girls overseas, and they're chasing the. The, the dollars, the financial rewards that... Uh, and you're never going to begrudge them that. No, not at all. And uh, we want to actually retain girls in, in our, our sport and have them available for the Opals and uh, other international events. But I think what it does is that it continually allows younger people, younger girls, to step up. And look, to me, the most exciting uh, season for any athlete this year has been Abby Bishop. I think uh, she's shown that uh, at 17 years of age, she's very exciting. Mm. And uh, she, will, she will play with the... the uh, Gems this year. She'll also play with the Sapphires, and uh, you know I think we'll see her on, in an Opals uniform in the not too distant future. Of course, we we spoke to Jan Sterling before the game, and she said, "Oh, this is a bit funny. It's a bit of a relax, but really for the Australian Opals program, there is no relaxing because the Gems and the Sapphires have got very important World Championships this year, and of course then you have the under 16s that are stepping up to World Championships as well." That's exactly right, and uh, the other event that we uh, are committed to in 2007 is the uh, World University Games in uh, in Thailand in August, mm -hmm. and uh, we'll be looking for a number of the girls that just played here this afternoon with the Sydney Uni Flames will be on that team, and uh, and I think that'll be exciting. Another group of girls get an opportunity internationally, and what that does is that it improves the standard of our league here. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing with uh, New Zealand and Bendigo coming in, we'll have a, a two new teams next year. We're looking to play a couple of more games, so I think it all goes well. Will you be going, maybe you can't let the cat out of the bag, but we, I, I'm envisaging that you drop it down to a home and away season for every team once we go to 10? Craig, the, uh, our initial thought at the moment, and we, uh, we will be talking to the club, but the initial thought is that we will probably play 24 games, which will be 12 at home and 12 away. Mm -hmm. So we will play the, 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 one ra the double round, yep. and then we will play another six games. So I think that's sort of probably at the moment the, the, the right mix. 
you don't want to go for three rounds, 27 games is too many, so I think each club having 12 at home games and 12 away will be really good for them. It is going to be interesting to see how that mix goes because uh, what two new teams does is it draws on more talent to be found and uh, or asks more girls not to go away. Well, that's true, and again, there are more opportunities, but I think the New Zealand team will really rely on uh, their own homegrown players. I think uh, they will look to bring an overseas player in. They're already talking to uh, somebody out of Europe, probably uh, Russia or the Ukraine, so they'll bring a different look to our, our league as well. Um, I don't think that they will probably... Uh, I mean, the rule only allows them to have two restricted players, so if they took one overseas and one from Australia, then the rest of the girls are New Zealanders. So I think it helps their program, helps uh, basketball in this part of the world, which is, uh, which is what we want. Yes, we've seen with the NBL expanding into Australasia has been a, a great boon and a great success. Yes. Well, we have had... Uh, there's been some media uh, talk about China, but our, our uh, discussions with China are more about... The, um, the more tournament type play, so uh, having a, you know a tournament or a, a program within our program, not them actually playing in the league. It's very, it's very difficult. The World Club Challenge is a very difficult event because it just sits awkwardly in the calendar. And this year we saw Coach Graff taking a, a composite team over to participate in that. I guess uh, something in an Australasian sense of a, a New Zealand team out of their NBL, uh, WNBL, uh, Australian team, and then some of those Asian regions like Korea and Japan having that more regional competition where the seasons are a little bit more aligned with each other could be, uh, it could be a great marketing ploy too. You come out of a, a WNBL season if you can have one or two weeks where all the champions can uh, have some games together in a tournament, that uh, would really help with that club aspect in the, in the world club challenge event ultimately. Yeah. Well, well I think one of, the, uh, one of the exciting things is that uh, FIBA are actually looking at the world calendar for women and uh, actually go to Madrid in uh, 10 days time and uh, FIBA is very carefully looking at whether the world championships are placed in the right time given that the WNBA for example in 2007 actually goes through to the 16th of September. So they, their season is pushing out, the European season is pushing out the window for international basketball is getting smaller. So um, FIBA is having a, a, a very serious look at it and, uh, and hopefully we'll be able to come up with what's right for the women's uh, basketball in the world. Well, we know you've, uh, we, you've got the uh, steady hands on the uh, ship for the WNBL and for women's basketball in general when it comes to that. So we, we know that uh, what, well, we know that things are on a good path and uh, I guess that is... Uh, a testimony to the way the whole organisation has been able to uh, drive women's basketball and through the One Basketball program as well. Well, Craig, I think uh, the Australian women's basketball program has been very strong since uh, we, back in the 80s when we first got a chance to go to the Olympics. And I think since then, with the AIS and, the, and our junior program, our underpinning program, we've probably been able to have much more success than, uh, than the men have had. Which, uh, and that's been because of a whole range of things working together. So we'll continue to do that, but you can't ever sit on your laurels. And, uh, and we are looking at how we can uh, improve everything right across the board. Leanne Grantham made a very big call when uh, Lauren Jackson was coming out of the AAS. She signed her for five years. We knew that at some stage Lauren would have to go overseas. She's uh, not too good for Australia but you only have a period of time to make money as a sportsman. The post 
WNBL Lauren Jackson period was always going to be critical and uh, this year has shown whilst you would always love to have Lauren Jackson it's bigger than Lauren Jackson in a sense and I think Lauren Jackson would uh, totally agree with that Craig it's, uh, it's about the sport it's about the game we all love and play and uh, participate in and I think that whilst we'd love to have Lauren back and I don't think there's uh, any doubt that she'll come back and play uh, in the future right now um, she is in the position to earn a lot of money in Korea and, uh, and I, you know, totally support us with that. Uh, the important thing for us is our international program that uh, Lauren and Penny Taylor, Susie Bakovich, all of those girls, Belinda Snell, Laura Summerton, all are available uh, for the preparation period in 2008 so that we can really, go, really be prepared to go for that gold medal. Uh, Beijing is, uh, is really not that far away, is it? Certainly isn't. It's a bit scary. <laughs> the game today, we talk about grand finals being, uh, well, sometimes... Uh, a little bit of an anticlimax because uh, you can't always guarantee that both teams will be up at times. We saw such an arm wrestle here, and I think we've been so fortunate with the last two grand finals in particular. They've never been a cakewalk. They've been absolute arm wrestles right down to that last quarter. Mm. Well, I think you had to, uh, at half time, you would have said you could have cost, you know, tossed a coin. I think uh, both teams, in various stages in the first two quarters, looked to try and get on top. And, uh, but at halftime it was uh, all tied up. I think it was always going to be crucial that first five minutes and I just think uh, Canberra came out of the box much, much more enthusiastic and uh, they were pumped and I think uh, uh, Sydney never recovered from that. And uh, once they sort of uh, got back to even in that, uh, early in that last quarter, they didn't look like they were ever going to sort of be able to get it done. They struggled uh, offensively uh, whilst their defence I think was okay. Um, the, uh, the, the height, the intimidation of Beattie, who I thought was uh, very much the, the MVP of the game. Uh, Tully had a super last sort of quarter and was steady throughout, but I think Beattie was, uh, without Beattie, I'm not sure that uh, Canberra would have put themselves in the winning position that they did and, uh, and uh, very much uh, applaud Carrie Grass, she's uh, Coach of the Year and it's always nice when the Coach of the Year actually wins the grand final. So, yeah. uh, Congratulations to everyone involved. It was a, a fantastic season and uh, congratulations, Lorraine, to you and the, the entire team there at Basketball Australia because uh, we have uh, loved every game that we've, enjoyed, uh, that we've been able to see. The uh, AIS next year we have great hopes for. Of course, they've got the GEMS program, but they don't have that US tour. So we're expecting them to be competitive. Two new teams. It's uh, a lot to look forward to. It certainly is, and thank you very much, Craig. I know you love... Uh, Love the WNBL and you really give it uh, huge support, so we really appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks very much to Lorraine Lander joining us here courtside as the, uh, well, the theme song chants out again here at the uh, Penrith Sports Stadium. The Capitals have got the trophy in their hands as we were talking. Kelly Abrams, the championship coach, has uh, received the Defence Jobs Trophy. Michelle? Yeah, look, I think the Capitals will be really pleased with their performance today. I think the difference really was that their persistence and commitment, they just continued to be tenacious throughout the entire game. Uh, there were times there where I thought, oh boy, here we go, Sydney's really starting to get on a roll now, and they just clawed their way back, and uh, their never-say-die never attitude, and... Uh, you know, they, they, you know, Dalton talked about they made some tough shots and they did make some tough shots coming down the stretch. And, uh, 
you know, that that hurt, that really hurts when uh, you're fighting hard to get yourself back into a game and someone makes a big shot like that. So uh, full credit to the Capitals, though. You know, there was a lot of talk throughout the year about no Jackson, no Capitals, and they really proved them wrong today. We'll do the final stats, but a few more team interviews to come here on sportradio.com.au. Well, Natalie Hurst, another championship. Another one. And congratulations. What a role you've had throughout this year. Um, yeah, it's kind of all come together this season. As I keep saying, Graffy's just given me the confidence. And she says, keep coming out and doing it. I think the last couple of weeks I've been a bit tentative. But, you know, can't really leave anything behind after today. So I just went out and, you know, did my thing. And I was lucky I hit a few shots. How does this one measure up to... Uh, well, your previous your previous championships. There was a couple of years between last year and the one before. You know, you don't want to downplay any championships that you win, but having you know a bigger role and being in the mix this season, obviously, personally for me, this is a lot sweeter. Well, congratulations! I know you're going to celebrate tonight. Ah, uh, yeah, I'll have a couple of drinks. <laughs> well, Trish Fallon, uh, it was an interesting game. You didn't leave anything on the court. No, I tried not to. Um, you know, it's, it's a tough situation where we were confident in the, coming into the game that we could win and um, tough conditions and cam- credit to Canberra. They played well. They came out firing and we stuck with them for a good half and then in the second half just they got a smell of the victory, I think, after they made a couple of tough shots and it was sort of hard to keep them back after that and they were hitting everything. They could have shot it blindfold and they would have gone in. So and at the other end, we couldn't make a lot and weren't running our offences too well. We were just sort of taking shots whenever we could, whenever we could, and lacked a bit of discipline. So in the end, they were the better team. Your career, it's coming to an end this time for sure. We've joked yeah. about that throughout the year. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely... Yeah, I'm done. Once I announce it, I'm, I'm done, yeah. What, what, what's been your highlights? Um, oh, there's a lot. There's, you know, playing-wise, it's all the Olympics and having a good 15 years with the Opals, you know, not having any injuries and seeing players come through and playing with the best players in the, in the you know, both in the world on the Opals and seeing the young talent coming through. We've got some great talent coming through. I'm really, you know, proud to be a part of that program and, you know, things like... Winning the championships here was always nice. I've sort of I've done well wherever I've gone. I've always won a championship. I've done you know, gone to places and won championships. It's always nice in Europe and here in Australia. So career-wise, I've basically done nearly everything I could. Are you a coach? Coach in the making? No, I don't think so. Never wanted to really do it. So um, I always wanted to try something away from basketball. But down the track, if an opportunity comes up somewhere to, to put back in the squad, then I'd be more than happy to. Well, congratulations on a great career and obviously right. disappointment today. Yeah, thank you. Well, Kylie Lange, you, uh, you got out of there in that second quarter when the stops had to be put on and it was a minute and a half. It was, it was. pretty tough. It was, it was. Um, it was a... I wasn't sure whether I was going to get on today or not. I um, didn't get on last year in the grand final. I got him in. Um, I was happy with, with not getting any or getting whatever. So I'm, I'm ecstatic. This year, there was a lot of speculation by people saying that the team wouldn't be as good, but you're holding a championship trophy. That tells them. We, we always believe in ourselves, and, and that's the major thing. Um, you know, whether, we, whether people were doubting us or not, we, you know, we, we believed in ourselves, and we went out there and knew we could do it. So. Next year, what's your plans? I don't know. I've, I've got to think about it. I um, got married in April last year, so um, I've, I've got to see what's going on with family and things like that. So, yeah, I don't know. 
congratulations on uh, another championship. Thank you very much. Well, Donna Lockhagen, congratulations. You, you came here a few years ago and just it didn't quite happen for the whole team that year. This year, a championship. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. You know, what an awesome bunch of gr- girls. You know, the, we never stopped. We never had, you know, we never lost the faith. We, we knew that we could do it. And, um, you know, we had a couple of hiccups against Sydney on the way, but we still kept focused and um, look at the end result. Awesome. The, the pre-Christmas run when you had that Melbourne trip and nothing was going right. There was, no. there was nights where passes from, from Kelly and all sorts of things, like she'd dribbled the ball out of court. There were just nights where it completely fell apart and then you'd come back and play championship ball. Well, that's the thing, you know, you never know what's going to happen when you go out on court. You, you're likely to make mistakes, and um, it's what you do from those mistakes, you know, at the end of the day. And um, we won the games when it mattered. Um, you know, like it was quite good playing in the other game against Adelaide during the week. I wouldn't have liked to go without a game. So, you know, it's a dream result, really, at the end of the day. Now, so much speculation on your future. <laughs> Are you a netballer or a basketballer? I'm a basketballer, definitely, that plays a bit of netball. Um, I'm, I'm back home tomorrow night, um, got my wedding in three and a half weeks, that needs to sort of be planned, um, and um, then I'm back with the Southern Sting for a season, so that only goes to three months, and then who knows, I don't know, I don't know what, what's happening after that, so um, I'm going to enjoy the celebrations tonight, that's for sure. All the best, have a safe trip. Thanks, thanks a lot. Well, watching the grand final, Sharon Milner from Bulleen and Carly Wilson. You both would have loved to have been out there, but uh, with a temperature like this, you could have probably done without it. I don't know about that. I think it's hotter sitting in the in the sidelines watching. I don't know. I don't remember it being that hot in games that I've played before, but we were sweating up a storm watching that. It was a, a pretty hot game as well, with uh, both teams just not leaving anything out there. Yeah, it was such a great game. We didn't know who was going to win. It was up and down, and it was so close. And um, in the end, I, I'd actually picked Sydney right from the start, and um, but the Canberra was just way too good today. Well, Sharon... Uh, all-Star 5, what a, what a year personally for yourself to be in the team with Holly picking up the MVP for the disappointment of missing finals. Yeah, obviously the major disappointment was from a team perspective not making the four, but um, yeah, to be acknowledged with an individual award like that is, um, was probably beyond any expectation I could have had at the start of the season. And yeah, to be a part of a team with Holly yeah, is even more special. Now you've got the job of re-signing her. Yeah, I know that will uh, be a big job, try to get her to re-sign, but she's got a wedding in two weeks, so I think it's the furthest thing from her mind at the moment. The only thing she'll sign is uh, in the chapel in two weeks. <laughs> well, of course, you've had all game to uh, talk to Carly about getting her back to Melbourne, and uh, <laughs> I suppose you're always doing a bit of recruiting. Uh, all you girls are trying to recruit each other, aren't you? Oh, for sure, for sure. in the bar upstairs, I think. <laughs> That's for later on. Yeah, yeah. Well, congratulations both on your season. Seasons. Of course, uh, well, fantastic Perth getting a mention as well because uh, Paul O'Brien would have said he had an all-star five right from the start, but uh, it's good to be acknowledged that way. Yeah, it certainly is. It was a disappointing year, but look, we learn a lot from it, and um, hopefully next year we can really, t- you know, lift, lift the level and take it another step. All of us. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Abby Bishop, you just cut down your piece of net. Congratulations. Uh, what a game. You go into the game injured with the cork on the thigh and, well, you managed to play one of your best games of the year. Yeah, um, went into the game injured, didn't even think I was going to play. Caitlin had to suit up quickly and stuff, but went into the game and didn't even think about it and tried to lock down Porter and I thought I did a good job, so, yeah. Your season this year, how do you rate what you've done? 
Um, I think I've improved as a player. Graffy's really helped me and um, I've got a lot of confidence now. So hopefully next season I can just get better and better and Graffy will surely help me along the way. You have resigned? Not yet, but in the, in the process. <laughs> a championship helps those uh, thoughts, doesn't it? Definitely, yeah. Graffy's an awesome coach and I'll be back any day, so it's good. Congratulations on a great year. Thank you. Well, that was Abby Bishop and a whole host of the Capitals, along with Trish Fallon there, Michelle. And, uh, well, what a what a season it has been. It's it certainly had its ups and downs. Well, it did, but, you know, I think the season has been one of the most competitive and uh, I don't think you could really have uh, right throughout the season say, well, I think, you know, this is the team to beat. Sydney have had their moments, but then they had their slump and the Capitals had good runs and then they slumped and, you know, your usual dandenongs who you expect to be, they really struggled early on and came back towards the end of the season. So it's, it's just great for basketball for it to be such a close competition and, that was a great game out there today. It was really fantastic basketball, and it was uh, it was you know the way that the season should end. Um, you know, on the day, Dolts, as Dolts said, the better team won, and I think that's probably um, true. Sydney just couldn't. It, it was almost like you know Canberra had just made the decision that they were going to win regardless. They were they were not going to leave anything on the floor, and there are a couple of big shots from the Capitals that really broke Sydney's heart, and they just never seemed to really recover from that. Talabeva had a few moments, and I, I've always called the 2002 2001-2002 uh, preliminary final at Tuggeranong the Lauren Jackson game. There was a few moments in that game where you know. Well, Tracy Beatty got the MVP, and it, but I thought it was Tally Bevilacqua. Those couple of times where she just went after a ball, she threw herself under the scorer's bench. That it wasn't the shots; she made some great ones, but it was that dogged determination that really I thought was the difference. Now, yeah. you know, I, I never claim to be a judge of basketball, <laughs> but I, I, I did think that was the MVP move taking absolutely nothing away from Tracy Beatty. Oh, look, Tully was absolutely fantastic in that last quarter. And it was all that little 1% stuff. I mean, you've seen your teammates, uh, you know, putting that kind of effort in, that kind of um, determination and tenacity, and, and it just lifts the whole group, and, and that really does make a difference. And, you know, Tully ended up with 12 points, and, uh, you know, she also had eight boards, and uh, she was just a fantastic, solid contributor throughout the game. But that fourth quarter, she was awesome. Tracy Beatty, I mean, it's a really tough one, because Tracy... 12 and 12 for the game, you know, 12 points, 12 boards, fantastic uh, defensive efforts, you know, three block shots to go with it. She played with four personal fouls and, you know, she was fundamental. And then you look at a, a Natty Hurst who comes into a grand final and top scores, 15 points, you know, and uh, great contribution from her. And the Capitals had six scorers spreading the double figures there, you know, and that that's really tough when you look at that and compare that to the um, Sydney Flames who only had three getting the double figures that, uh, you know that speaks volumes. It does indeed. Look, uh, what about what about this uh, this team? If they can keep the core together, they have got a great uh, a great onwards uh, into a ten team competition next year. Yeah, look, if they can keep the group together, I mean, Abby Bishop, what a find. You know, she's had an outstanding season. Uh, Del Gleish has come in and she's had some good minutes throughout the, throughout the year and she's learning how to play at this level. Um, you know, I guess there's some question marks floating around about some of the players, what they'll do next season. But, you know, I'm sure it, 
they will want to stay. I think that's the thing with it. You know, they want to stay, but they have to make the right decision for them and um, and take from there. Kelly Abrams, first year as captain, fantastic. Comes away with a championship, and she really stepped it up. She didn't have such a great first quarter, first half, sorry, but in the second second half, you know, she made some real captain plays. And yeah, and those flash cuts. There was two flash cuts she made at the basket from uh, yeah. 45 degrees. That was Eleanor Sharp's move. It was, it was, yes. She's been learning from us. So, um, you know, she probably didn't have the game of the season, but she certainly, when it counted, she came through and she continued to lead that group throughout the game. So that's good to see. It is indeed. The Capitals have taken the victory here in the 2006-2007 Defence Jobs WNBL 73-59. It was a... uh, well, a very exciting grand final. Yep, the last three minutes were the Capitals and they got to celebrate on and off the court afterwards. But on behalf of Michelle Hocking, myself here today, Simon Peters, also John Keogh, who has had a fantastic year calling on the AIS basketball program and also with us here on the Transat Capitals radio network, we thank all of you for your support right throughout the year and, of course, to all the listeners that have been part of the calls. We thank you for your, well, patronage right throughout season 2006-2007. We look forward to a big year in 2007-2008. Sport Radio doesn't go away, though. It's football season, and we'll have all the action from the AFL Canberra right throughout the winter, along with Inside Motorsport each and every week. I hope you can stay with Sport Radio right through till the start of the next Defence Jobs WNBL season in November 2007. Until then, keep safe.